Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bear their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something-yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. I guess it would help if my mic were on. Can you hear me? Please tell me you hear me. I hear you. Okay, outstanding. Good, good, good. I, I think I worked out all the, ne- not all the negativity, some of the negativity last night about this Green Bay shit. But in the opening, you talk about, I literally shit my pants. I mean, that's the way I felt like Sunday was such a punch to the fucking abdominal muscles. It just made your belly roar and you could just shit all over yourself. That's right. Dan is referring to his appearance on the Bears Country podcast. The first hour was here on the Barroom Network, and then uh, the second hour was on the Bears Country podcast. We did like two hours over there. Look at that. Two hours. <laughs> and all venting about how much we hate Green Bay. So Good. I'm glad you got all that poison out of your system. Today, you're making a lot of noise there. What's going on? Yeah, I'm getting my cell phone charger. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> mute your microphone while you fucking rearrange the world i um i am uh, going to tell you first of all that uh, johnny santucci will be joining us in about 45 minutes to 60 minutes he's going to share with us his bears thoughts on what happened and uh, for the first hour dan and i are going to relook at this bears game uh i've got 10 points of why the bears lost and some videotape too to uh, correspond with that. And then I've got some audio from the uh, Bernstein and Holmes show uh, where they talk about Justin Fields, and then I want to get everybody's comments on that. So that's the order for today. So, uh, Dan, you are were clearly in a miserable state on Sunday night. You texted me a number of times. It almost sounded like you were ready to really uh, commit Harry Carey. 
<laughs> I kept trying to tell you, it's like, no, 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 Aldo, I don't give up. Don't misinterpret me. I felt that they were just in like going through the motions. It, it We got that turnover and I thought, okay, maybe that's going to be the catalyst. But at that time, there was no momentum. There was no life. There was no tackling. And there was certainly no offense. It just, it felt like you're just stuck in the, like this meteoric, just pile of shit. You're about to, to lose 41-7. If something doesn't happen, then finally they get that turnover. You're like, okay, okay. And they get a field goal. And uh, like you said, it appeared that Justin scored. And if it, they got that touchdown, then you're looking at 24-17. And that's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say Aaron Rodgers still doesn't hit Sammy Watkins and they go straight down the field? And maybe the Bears still lose. But at least if the call goes the way it should have gone and he's in, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bears fan, all the still photos show the ball crossing that, you know, then then you got a different game. But they just needed something. And for three quarters, it felt like they didn't, they couldn't get it. So I was down about it. But you could tangibly feel that they were, they were, they were dead. They were fucking drowning until that turnover. Yep. Uh, I'm being told my audio is a little low. Is that better, uh, Tooch? Uh, Dan, can you hear me okay? I hear you fine. Fuck you, Tooch. Leave him alone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Barflies. <laughs> Two just drunk already. He's been hitting that bourbon. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get right into this. I, I, I looked at this game, um, and I wanted to list some of the things that went wrong, which led to this defeat, because I really do believe this game was was very winnable for the Chicago Bears. They did not accomplish what they should have accomplished. Now, I do excuse them for a lot of their poor performance because, like I've been telling the ever-optimistic Dan Aguirre, this is a brand-new team. You've got guys who have never played together. You've got guys uh, who are wide receivers outside of Darnell Mooney who are cast-offs from other teams. You've got an unproven tight end who can, who, who is not a big-time – has not not proven himself to be a big time tight end. You've got so many fucking question marks on both sides of the ball that it's expected that they're going to have performances against the Green Bay Packers like they did. The the idea though is how do we correct this as quickly as possible so that we can have a promising season. So, first and foremost, I want to start with first downs because the Chicago Bears get off to a 7 to 3 lead and then their next possession, their second possession of the game, they uh, uh, Justin Fields goes back to throw. The left tackle, Braxton Jones, can't hold this block, and he's okay. sacked. And now it is second down and 15. And that's no way to start a series. On the next series, the third series that they had, Ryan Griffin, the tight end, is offsides. So again, they start off first and 15. And then on the third series – of the game, um, Cole Komet drops his pass. So this is where I cue you, Dan, and tell me what you think about Cole Komet. <laughs> uh, again, I'm hoping that maybe it was Matt Nagy holding him back, but this guy, he's in his third year now, and it's all like, oh, he's going to be so good. He's going to be so – he was a Bears fan growing up. I want him to be good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't appear to be good. I hate to say it. I want him to be good, but he looks like another miss for the Bears in the draft. Now – I, I, I do want to add more to that, but first let me get to my second point, which is uh, this is 
Coach Flues talking about that pass where Justin Fields went over the line of scrimmage because that was a huge opportunity to move the sticks and continue one of their early drives in the game. This is Flues along with the replay of that play. Well, I mean, just the obvious. You know, I think he could have ran, you know, just, just went for it because he's so fast. Um, I think that could have been an option. You know, and I think he had several other options there he could have done, but, uh, you know, he knows he's got to be a do better on that play for sure. Did you sense there was a chance to reset prior to the line of scrimmage? Yeah, yeah I think he fe- I think he feels that too for sure. Yep. So that is one of a number of Justin Fields' errors. Clearly, as a quarterback who has been playing big time college football, is now in his second NFL year. It's it's a stupid down. Dan Orlovsky mistake to get over the line of scrimmage and not that Orlovsky did that. He stepped out of the end line. I understand. Didn't know it. it was behind the goalpost. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but that, that is another big time error on the part of the Chicago bears that cost them this game. Let me get on to point number three. This is another Justin Fields lose that, uh, 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 comment. Yeah. This is another Justin Fields play that he should have hit a wide open Equinemius St. Brown. Equinemius St. Brown is at the top of the Yeah, that was, uh, he converted his route on that, uh, St. Brown did. And uh, that's something we're we're continuing to work on. You know, if he beats a guy like that, he'll convert that route. And uh, he just didn't didn't see him at that moment. He made the decision to check it down. Yep. He's so open. I saw Adam Hogue's tweet on it. Or Adam uh, Johns' tweet, but I didn't notice it live. I did not notice it. And I got to be honest with you, Aldo, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this game again. So that's the first video footage of it I've seen. And, man, he is open. And his hand's up. He's like, throw me the fucking ball, bro. Yeah, that's that's just so disheartening. It is incredibly disheartening because the for- the defensive formation there, there's only one defensive back that is deep, and that is the – the safety. He's in the middle of the field and Fields has good protection. He should see that on the right, Equinemius St. Brown, who is super fast, has one-on-one coverage. That the say, And then when he drops back and plants that back foot, he should still be looking towards the safety to see if he's moving towards EQ's side of the football field. And he's not. That was a huge fucking mistake. I'm not saying EQ would have scored there, but he probably could have with his speed. Or That's at, at least 40 yards. Absolutely. In the red zone and setting us up for points. So that was another blow to the nuts. All right. Here comes point number four. This is uh, Fools uh, not highlighting. Oh, what the fuck is he? What the fuck did I write here? <laughs> well, hate that. Yes, I do. <laughs> Let's listen to it. We'll make sense of it on the other side. It is a concern. We want to get better there. We want to improve. Uh, there's no question. We. This is him talking about the passing game. It is a concern. We want to get better there. We want to improve. Uh, there's no question. We want to improve on a lot of lot of part of our football team, other aspects of our football team, but that's one of them. You know, the touches, who are we looking at, you know, getting touches early, um, getting guys involved. Th- all those things are being looked at as we're looking through the course of our whole football team. Yeah, we need to highlight our skill. We know that. We know that. So we're going to try to do a better job of that. We will do a better job. We got, like I said last night, we got great coaches. Those guys. Passing game thrive if it doesn't have big contributions, if it's not being led by Mooney and Komet? No, I think you got to highlight your skill. 
you know, you got to highlight your skill. You know, like we highlighted, uh, you know, Demo last night, you know, running the football. He's a good runner. We have good run blockers. We highlighted that last night, and that was a positive coming out of the game. You know, so in the passing game, let's highlight our skill. You know, let's get the let's feed the guys that, that have skill that can take a short throw and turn it into a big a big game. You know, that can go uh, downtown, and we you know we have a good deep ball thrower. So we should utilize that too. And we're going to look at all aspects of that. Like I said, we got great coaches. They're going to work tirelessly to get that done this week. So that's an important point, Dan. It, Cole Komet can't show what he can do if he's only been thrown the pass two times this year, one in each game. Darnell Mooney cannot explode if he's got a total of five targets in just two games. This is a dynamic duo. Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, there is proof on tape from last season that those guys can get the job done, Fields and Mooney. But if Luke Getze is only going to call a certain amount of plays for Darnell Mooney, or if Justin Fields is going to make the decision not to test Darnell Mooney one-on-one when he's got the opportunity, then that's out of the control of those two players who are getting a lot of criticism right now. People are saying Mooney's not really a number one. Well, how can you be a number one if you're getting targets for a number three or number four receiver? And the same thing with Cole Komet. How can he be a big-time tight end if you're not throwing him the fucking ball? Your well, comment. but he's got a couple of years of tape where they have thrown him the ball and he hasn't exactly excelled. Mooney, again, has done well his first two seasons, so I think he deserves a little bit more leeway, although your point is still, you know, it's on it's on point, pun intended, to say that, you know, you got to have more passing attempts, but that also means you have to sh- secure the line. Justin's got to read the defense. And then you're looking at the Texans next week, almost the same. I mean, not exactly the same defense, but Lovey's D, as you know, is going to stop you from throwing the deep ball. Mm-hmm. He's going to make Justin be patient the whole fucking game. Well, I, let's remember that Kokomet had 60 receptions last year. Yes, he had some dumbheaded plays, some dumbheaded drops, some dumbheaded uh, uh, assignments, poor blocking from time to time. But I'm still saying that. Cole Komet can be a big-time player. We just have to give him the opportunity. And this is not an isolated case. This is happening throughout the league with many tight ends. Kyle Pitts was a highly regarded tight end. People were saying that this guy was going to break every tight end record. You know what's going on with Kyle Pitts? He's extremely fucking frustrated. They're not calling any plays for him. He's not being thrown the ball. This guy has more talent than any tight end in recent memory, and he's not being used correctly. And the same thing is happening in Chicago with a guy who is lesser talented than Kyle Pitts. Uh, uh, Don't get me wrong, but you still got to fucking throw the ball to him. And whether that's Fields' uh, fault or Getze's fault or a combination of the two of them, then that has to be cleaned up. All right. I concur. All right. Now, next, and this is clearly on Luke Getze. Where the fuck was the play action? Where the fuck was it? You and I said it when they and when we were in Cleveland and Nagy didn't call any fucking play action passes and we got our asses handed to us. And we're running the ball 10 yards a clip. We had a better run per carry average than the Packers and they carved us up. And yet we didn't take advantage of the great run game we had. No play action. This is Coach Eberflus on that topic. Yeah, that's what you do it for, right? You're going to open up those lanes, and, you know, you know, we, we see it all over the league. When a team's able to run the ball, it certainly opens up uh, the passing lanes for sure. 
is taking a, a deliberately conservative approach with Justin passing because you're trying to give him some runway to get his footing in the offense? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, obviously, we're two games into a new offense, you know, so you can certainly understand that, hey, the rhythm and the timing of it's going to improve every single week, and we're going to get that. It's going to improve, keep improving, and, you know, it might be in small increments. It might be in big jumps, uh, and we'll see how that goes, but certainly it's not deliberate at all. Dan, did it sound a little funny to you the way he hesitated on that question about are you, like, not trusting Justin Fields right now? Did that sound a little funny, his response? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even think of it honestly until you said that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't know. Uh, what I wanted to say in that, it, everything you said is. I guess I was just too focused on what I was going to say next, which isn't a good thing. But uh, the goal line play, the fourth and goal in the shotgun, as you know, I've bitched about that, that for that's seasons. Coming that's coming up. But go ahead. But I just wanted to use it with your play action point. Mm -hmm. At that at that point, you know, Montgomery's run the ball the whole drive, running mm -hmm. everybody over. Why don't you put Justin under center there, bring in your fucking fullback, and you can fake it to Montgomery and do a boot, waggle to each side with Justin, or just give Montgomery the ball, and then you got a half an inch to go. Mm -hmm. But you have so many play plays off of the fake there at the goal line versus when he's in the shotgun, everyone knows he's not throwing there. And everybody knows he's not throwing. Why would he throw? Mm -hmm. If he can't throw the other three quarters of the game, well, suddenly he's going to throw from fourth and inches? He's mm -hmm. clearly going to run. And just like everybody knew to key on him at that point. But if you go play action there, it opens up the whole field. Yeah. Uh, Steven is saying Getty didn't help himself on Sunday. Even the 49ers game, there were questions. I think Iberflus is already putting him on notice. I got to say this about Getty. You know, um, he he is still finding his footing as an offensive coordinator. Now, he told Justin Fields, and Justin Fields shared this with, with the media, that Getsy told the team, we're going to run the ball down their fucking throats. That's a fucking hell of a game plan. I like that game plan. And it was, was working. Right. Yes. But, the, but as a continuation on that, especially when you're trailing, go ahead, call a couple, couple of run plays, get those 10 yards per carry, and then fucking do the play action. Yeah. Do the fucking play action. So that's where Getsy fucked up. He was too focused on running the ball down their throats that he didn't adjust accordingly. Now, week one, I don't know what Steven says. I, I thought week one, Getsy made fucking great adjustments. Uh, the second half, three touchdowns. I, I, I don't know why anybody would be questioning Getsy. Maybe what happened in the first half, but I, I think what happened in the first half was awful fucking field position for the Chicago Bears. And so right. Getsy played it super, super safe. I don't know why there should be any criticism of Luke Getze for, for week one. But, all right, moving on. No play action. By the way, when Ibraflu said, I don't think so, I think what he meant by that is it's not Justin Fields. It's the offensive line. Listen to, not listen to, but let me read to you what Kenny Clark, the all-pro, Pro Bowl, super, super uh, duper, um, um, uh, defensive tackle of the Packers said, lose that uh, graphic there jo from Jordan. Tooch, lose that. He was getting hit every time they tried to pass it. He was getting hit unless it was a screen. He was flustered out there. We got after him. We knew we had matchup problems for them up front. Whenever they did try to drop back and pass and try to block us, that didn't work. So 
What is happening to Justin Fields right now is what is happening, what we all said we were afraid of this season, that Ryan Poles did not get sufficient help for Justin Fields in the offensive line. That's what's happening. When you have a player from the other team saying, yeah, we had him rattled. We had him rattled. That's probably why there were only 11 pass attempts. So that's an issue. You know, when the def- and the Packers have a good defensive line, they're probably one of the best the Bears will face. So hopefully this won't be a week-to-week problem. But when you have, again, when you have the, the defenders, you know, saying, yeah, we were beating the shit out of them at the line of scrimmage and we could see, you know, Fields is nervous, then that's not good for your football team. You got a comment on that? Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned this last night, there was a play I specifically was watching the snap and Mustafer, as soon as he snaps the ball, is thrown to the ground and the guy right in front of him hits Fields. Like I said, I don't even think he got to the second step of his th- three-step drop there and he's just annihilated. Braxton Jones, of course, is just a rookie. He's played two games, but he's given up, I think, three sacks uh, to start. Mm-hmm. Mustafer seems like a weak link. Uh, Whitehair hasn't had a good season and since Jay was still here. I mean, for real, he's been struggling that long. Uh, he's only here because of his contract. Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. And then Borum hasn't looked that good. Actually, Jenkins has looked fairly well when he's been in there yeah. at right guard. I, I don't know. Like we were talking last night. I mean, you break your, your snapping thumb in, in late July. How long does that take to heal? Because I think the offense, it will behoove the Bears to have Patrick at center and to have Mustafa out of there, in my opinion. There was one play where Kenny Clark, with one arm, like pushed Sam Mustafer, and Sam Mustafer fell like a two-year-old kid. That's got to be the play I was talking about. Yeah, that, that, that was fucking awful. And the fumble uh, was on Mustafer too when he's going to he's pulling to the right, mm-hmm. and it creates a bad snap. And you, you saw Fields roll his eyes. NBC mm-hmm. caught it. I mean, that's on Mustafer. Yeah. Uh, he did not have his best game, and I, I've seen improvements from him. Last week, I thought he he played better, one of his better games of his career, maybe the best game of his pro career anyway. Uh, but against the Packers in that dominant uh, defensive line, he he did not play very well. Um, yeah, uh, Nomad is right. Borm was really bad in pass pro that night. Uh, absolutely. All right, moving on to point number six. This is, as promised, the goal line uh, situation. Uh, this is Ibraflus talking about. You know, it's just push. You know, getting getting guys lower, getting pad level down. Um, you know, and getting you know just movement at the point of attack. Um, but we like to play. You know, it was a quarterback power play. We thought we outnumbered the uh, what well, we did outnumber the point of attack there, and uh, just a little more push, a little more uh, pad level. Why are you pulling your guard there? Did you see it? Rewind, rewind the play. All right. What's 62? Why is he pulling there? I didn't you know, he... just push, you know, getting, getting guys lower, getting pad level down, um, you know, and getting, you know, just movement at the point of attack. Um, but we like to play. You know, it was a quarterback power play. We thought we outnumbered the uh, – what well, we did outnumber the – It's a half an inch, man. Let's just go forward. Why are we playing finesse there? That's you got to play power there. Yeah, I agree. And that was a power play. Uh, when you look at it, frame by frame, you see that uh, Fields was supposed to run behind David Montgomery. That's my guess. That's not what I heard or or read anywhere. It's my guess that he was supposed to run behind David Montgomery. And if he would have done that, he would have been in. Uh, And then as we talked about yesterday on Bears Country podcast, Cole Komet is supposed to help push him in. And if you look at the replay, Cole Komet 
it takes the guy who has got his arms wrapped around Justin Fields and starts bringing him back, and that guy then is bringing Justin Fields back. Come on, Cole, you're better than that. Yeah, Cole played forward. Cole was tremendous blocking against San Francisco. I want to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. He was helping out and chipping the rest of the game. I think that had a lot to do with him not catching passes. Yep. But, yeah, on that goal line, just everything seemed wrong. I, again, I think why not bring in the fullback and just do an eye-fucking formation right there, and then you can either fake and run with Justin or just give it to Montgomery and just smash the fucking – just go straight in. He's mm-hmm. got, Montgomery's run basically 85 yards of this possession already. Tooch, do me a favor, and if there's anyone uh, in the chat room that is going to defend the play of Roquan Smith from Monday night, then let's see it after we hear uh, uh, Flus respond to the question on a particular play uh, that uh, Roquan fucked up on. Yeah, he was he was good on that. I need just more aggressiveness going downhill going downhill there, and that's that's really a, a play for all 11 of us uh, on that one there. You talked last night about Being more aggressive, yeah. How about playing with some energy? How about not loafing on that play? How about playing like a guy who wants to be the highest-paid linebacker in football? And that's just one play for Roquan that he looked like a disaster. It looked like he had just finished fucking a bunch of porno stars and was his legs were shot because he had been jizzing all over the fucking wall <laughs> and people's mouths and stuff. He looked awful that game. He was, you know, Roque, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a smart quarterback and he usually targets the rookies, the, the guys he knows he's got a good matchup with. He, he was probably targeting Roquan, too, because Roquan just had a disastrous game, in my opinion. Sloquan, yes, indeed, Nick. <laughs> that was, I mean, do you, do you disagree that Roquan looked like shit? I thought he looked like shit against San Francisco as well. Yeah, I, out of shape. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Lance Briggs. I said that last night. You remember when Lance was the trustman <laughs> and just seemed to just be out there and never made any plays whatsoever. And I don't want to call either guy fat, you know, but in terms of their speed and athleticism and dexterity and all these great things that they had, it seemed like they were gone. Mm-hmm. It feels very similar and they're playing the same position, which is ironic, but Ryan yeah. Poles is looking smarter and smarter each week with the play of Roquan Smith. Roquan made a horrible mistake. Instead of holding in, he should have just tried to still negotiate his contract while working out every day with the team and having a good camp. Um, so he's he's made a terrible mistake. And at this point, uh, to me, he looks like he, the Bears won't even put the franchise tag on him. He needs to he needs to shore up, or he is gone. This will be his last season in Chicago. What does Jordan say here? He says, for sure, don't give up on him. But his problems that have been there forever were exacerbated and magnified in this game. And Jordan is right. When Roquan Smith played at Georgia in that championship game, what did the opposing coach do? Ran the ball right at fucking Roquan because he knew that was Roquan's weakness. Could not stop the run like Erlacher was, you know, uh, Jerome Bettis bowling over Erlacher and, and knocking the snot out of him. Same thing with Roquan. Roquan is is more of that Brian Erlacher you know, sideline to sideline can play kind of a deep safety. And if he's not doing that well, then he's, he's, 
why he came people out of his way. Mm-hmm. That's why Urlacher was so fucking phenomenal when he, you had we had Ted Washington and Keith Trailer in front of him because mm-hmm. it just kept bodies off of him. But when you have the big fullback coming at him, whether it was Klein, Saucer, or Schlesinger, he couldn't, or William Henderson, he couldn't get free. Yep. Now, Dan, Dan, I'll ask you this question. Who had a worse game on defense than Roquan Smith? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it looks like everybody, again, I didn't try to watch some kind of all 22 to break this down and look like, look at me. I'm the smartest man in the ballroom. I was like, God, oh, that's not a shot of chain. I was just, I swear on my mom's grave. That was not a shot of chain. I was just being facetious. The point being, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that I know everything. I, all I can tell you is from watching it live and I'm not going to watch it again. I'm just not. It, it, the whole front floor couldn't make a tackle. The back is going to the second level every time they ran the ball. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It's just the whole defense. It just couldn't. T- I, I'd like to think this is going to be their worst game mm-hmm. the whole season. Yep. Uh, and Jordan is right. Uh, Roquan tries to backdoor every play, refuses to stack and shed because he doesn't have the fucking strength to do that. He doesn't have. That's not his game. It's not his game. All right. Here comes the next one from Matt Eberflus. The answer to my question, Dan, was Kyler Gordon. Yeah, I, I just got done talking to him. And it's everything I say to every young player that I've ever played that's gone through these moments. You know, there's going to be ebb and flow of the course of a rookie season. And and that's the way it is. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with a guy that's rookie of the year or, or, or not. There's going to be those things. And what you tell them is, hey, Take one experience at a time and put it in your file. You have to learn from that. So go back and look at all the plays that you made, all the plays that you, that you want to correct, and then put them in a file Okay, and say, what would I have done, and put those to memory. And making sure you, you study those things and visualize those things as you go during the course of this week coming up so you can make those corrections because a good pro doesn't make the same mistake twice. I hope Kyler Gordon has a really – good memory because there, almost every play he was out there for he he made some sort of mistake and Aaron Rodgers noticed it and just said okay I'm gonna go work on that rookie you know that Jalen Johnson has not been targeted once all season there has not been a pass thrown at the wide receiver Jalen Johnson has been guarding because they're picking on Kyler Gordon and the worst quarterback outside of uh Tom Brady to go up against a a rookie who is having problems is Aaron Rodgers. He is going to feast on you. And that's the sad truth. Kyler's got to get his shit together. You know, I'm not not so worried about Kyler because he missed a lot of time in the preseason, you know, was banged up. I I don't even know what his injury was. They just kept saying he was day to day. Mm -hmm. And it's his second game. It's his first primetime game ever. Remember, Donnell Wolford was so bad in 1989 that Ditka was – Talk, calling him a bust to the press, and, oh. and by, by like ninety ninety one, he was our best fucking corner. Mm-hmm. It was solid for like four or five seasons. I'm not saying he's going to be bad all year like Wolford was in eighty nine. I'm just saying, you know, give it's, it was his second game. Let's yeah. give it. He's going to be better. He's going to be better. It's his second fucking game. I just believe he was a good draft pick, and he will improve. Yep, I I agree with you on that. I I'm not at all giving up on Kyler Gordon. I. I've seen enough college tape to know that this guy is going to end up being a good pro. It's just going to take a while. 
um, and where his head is at is going to be really, really important because there's been a lot of pros who, ha- who have been toasted and then they come back at the cornerback position and they come back the next week and still are in that rut. I'll give you an example. Kendall Vildor last year, his first half dozen games or so forth, they were good. They, were, they weren't great, but they were good. And then after he got burned a couple times, his season went downhill downhill and uh and hopefully he's he's recovering from that all right big fucking moment in the game it's second down and 28 second down no no this is the packers have the ball the second down and 28 and our our fucking defense ends up uh uh giving up 20 yards and then nine yards to get it. And so this was uh, Flus talking about the second down and 28 moment. In the second and 28, yes, we got to do a much better job there. And he, he just got to hammer that, hammer it back to the defensive line. You know, the defensive line can't jump on that. They got to keep their feet on the ground, raise their hand up to knock the ball down, but they got to uh, what we call out of the stack and plant and go. And, you know, if we do a good job there, it's probably a five or six-yard game. Yeah, they both jumped. You know, so when you get your hand, when you jump up in the air, you can't move, right? So you got to make sure you can plant point and drive and get out of there as quick as possible because those plays hit quick. Now, I could have set that up a little better when he said he's got to come in and jam. He was referring to linebacker Nicholas Morrow, who was late getting there to try to make that play and then ends up getting blocked. If he goes in there earlier and jams the play, then other players can come in there and make the play. Huge fucking play. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, we got him second and 28. There's no fucking way they're going to get a first down. We'll get this ball back. I think it was 10 to 7 at the time, and, and we can score some points and tie at least tie up this game. But no, fucking Aaron Rodgers and his Packers team pick up 29 yards on a second and 28, uh, uh, utilizing all three of their downs. There's fucking been. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you. Well, I was just saying fucking pathetic. As an I was going to say there's been two pass plays predominantly used in the last 30 years, regardless if it's Mike Holmgren as coach or Mike McCarthy or, or the, the little boy from the Wizard of Oz that we have now, who, <laughs> who would be like three and 75 if Rodgers wasn't there. But they talk about how good of a coach he is. Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, all of these guys have been utilizing the same routes and the Bears can't make this. We can't do anything. But we're poor, pitiful giants. Mm-hmm. Unable to defend it. One is that one, the little fucking screen to the left when suddenly you've got You've got linemen pulling, and you've got two wide receivers, or at least a wide receiver and a tight end, all coming at you on the left sideline. The Bears never have an answer for that. And then the other is that slant. They never get out in front of the slant, ever. They've been slanting us to fucking death. It's Mm -hmm. a slow, painful death. I don't know why we can't stop the slant, but they have been doing it literally my entire life. Mm -hmm. You can go back and watch the 92 Bears, and Brett Favre's doing that to us in 92. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it started with Bill Walsh doing it against the Bears and, and uh, against every other team. And, uh, but it seems like the Bears do a terrible job at defending this land. All right. Uh, my last of the 10 points that I had, of course, the run defense by the Bears was fucking pathetic. I've got Iberflus talking about it. And Jordan, if you're still there in the chat room, help me. Well, really, just fucking tell me what he's talking about here because he's using a lot of fucking football terms and it's a little hard for me to follow what he's saying but here it is i think it's the cup you know so we one thing we talk about is is the cup on the defense so that's your force player you know your your pursuit players inside out and then the apex player that's the defensive back that's working inside out 
if he's the middle safety or if it's the corner, he's outside in. So you're really putting a cup on the ball. And I think our angles have to improve. You know, so I think our angles were off. If you watch the tape, we were overrun a little bit, and then they were cutting back and getting some hidden yards. I think that happened a few times, and we have to improve on that. So that's the fundamental things that we've been teaching since day one. We just have to keep getting better at at those things. I think I know what he's talking about. The cup, you want to kind of have that pocket of defenders and you want you know your safety to play one particular angle if he's the key guy you want your outside cornerback to play one particular angle so i i, I sort of get it uh but uh this has got to get cleaned up because if not every fucking week if the team has a good running game they're gonna fucking have win time of possession they're gonna fucking score on the ground and the bears Offense will rarely be on the field. You know that the Bears ran on offense like 20 fewer plays than they did against the 49ers the week before, which is another fucking concern. You know, you got to run a lot of plays on offense in order to score a lot of points, unless you have, you know, a Kurt Warner, L.A. Rams or uh, St. Louis Rams type of offense, uh, the greatest turf, the greatest show on turf. And that's not what the Bears have right now. Um, Are you concerned, Dan, about this run defense moving forward. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be after that performance? I, man, that's like the worst performance in, in like 10 years from the bears defense against the run easily. We were, we were talking about some last night, like the Cedric Benson game in 09 and Bettis in 05, but I can't think of anybody else that just steamrolled them the whole fucking game. The way Green Bay did Sunday night, it was it was demoralizing, what? just for as a fan. Let alone if you were wearing the white and navy, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm worried about I'm worried about everything, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, just a couple of sides that and this is going to sound like whining, but all fucking night I'm talking like three different times I saw their left tackle rise up a full half second before the ball was snapped. Not one time was there a false start called on him. The right tackle's holding all fucking night. I didn't see any penalties except the one they threw and then picked up uh, because Rodgers ultimately got sacked. But what the fuck? Make us decline the penalty. What are you doing? Why are you, why are, when it's in front of everybody, why would you pick up the flag? Mm-hmm. It's like so you got one tackle that, that can raise early. The other one can hold. Well, no shit. They, they, they have a good advantage there then, don't they, uh, when it comes to actually running the ball. But not to say that – that they wouldn't have had similar success, but it is something that's worth bitching about. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck, Pat O'Donnell with a 70-yard punt or whatever, he couldn't have gotten over 48 with the Bears. Goes to Green <laughs> Bay, of course, launches like an 80-yard punt. Yeah, I agree with you. God damn it, man. Oh, Lord. Uh, thank you, Jordan, for your explanations on, uh, on the cup defense. It's basically – Gap responsibilities, man, and that's it, it always comes down to gap responsibilities, doesn't it? All right, I want to talk about the one other thing that I found. I didn't do the whole media mashup like we always do because it's too wanted, it was it was. I, I yesterday after the Bears loss, I didn't want to even turn on NFL Network or ESPN. I stayed away from local radio. I didn't want people to to tell me what I already know that that was pathetic and we looked awful. So I stayed away from that. Today I I I browsed around and I found something that I thought was really interesting and pertinent to the conversation I want to have with you and our listeners and with Tooch when he comes in uh and anyone else uh, Justin Fields 
there's a lot of people now down on Justin Fields. They're wondering whether he is really the franchise quarterback. Have we been excusing too much of his play? And on the Bernstein and Holmes show, Dan Bernstein brought up the topic, and he and Lawrence Holmes had a very good discussion. This runs five minutes. By the end of last year, in the totality of Fields' season, I found it easy to make excuses for him. I found it easy to say, well, look at this and look at these tight windows. And I look at next gen stats and all of what, what he was asked to do to fit the ball into places that others weren't. And, well, it's Matt Nagy and, and these guys are going to put him in difficult positions. And but, all but hold on, Dan. That's valid. Some of it is. It also was, it, I think, it blinded me to some things that we're still seeing. That are, Science! <laughs> Science! He's, he's not comfortable. He's not poised. He's not comfortable. And it doesn't look like he's, he's ahead of things, like he's in charge. He's still reacting. The game is still doing things to him rather than having him do things to the game. And it's unfair to hold Aaron Rodgers out there against, like, look at what this guy's doing. He should be that. That's, that's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. It is one of the best manipulators of all time. What have I been saying for the last six months? I want the same developmental arc for him that we saw with Jalen Hurts. And people got mad at me because they're like, he's better than Jalen Hurts. And I think that there probably is more he raw be. material. He, he should be there. better than Jalen Hurts. But all I'm saying is the leap that Jalen Hurts took from year one to year two was significant. And that I wanted to see Justin Fields do that. Through two games with still almost a full season left to play, I have not seen that. I, I continue to, to see what you're talking about where it is a guy that doesn't look comfortable. Now, how much, how much are we allowed to give him as a mitigation? Are, are we allowed to, to even say, look, this is a new system with bad players. If we all can agree that there's a ton of bad players here, how much can we really rain down on Justin Fields when we know the tackles are probably bad, and your players on the perimeter are not great. That's what we need to figure out on the continuum between quarterback and receivers and openness and the idea of what constitutes open. Timing is accuracy. Accuracy is timing. Absent timing and accuracy, it's hard to define a reasonable amount of open. And yet... If there is no separation and no suddenness down the field and he doesn't trust his tackles, it's fair to wonder if those things can ever be properly defined. I just think that I, I defaulted too hard to probably looking at him through rose-colored glasses last year, and, and I don't want to do that because I know that Ryan Poles isn't. The people that matter aren't. And polls may already be like, I'm, I'm done with this guy. Let's do the best we can, and then we're going to have to get a, a quarterback in here. When we go back to the offseason and the preseason, there were a lot of Bears fans who I think rightfully were angry about the lack of dollars spent on the offensive side. I was, I was texting with Olin. He, he heard me talking about Brisker and Gordon and how much I like him. He's like, there should have been more attention paid – to the offensive line. And he's right. I mean, I, I like both of those players, and I think they're going to be here 
for a long time, but I get that too. Don't we have to put that into the stew as well when we're discussing this? That he's he's walking out there naked. Like, there's, there's not a lot of help and there's not a lot of help coming. And one of the things I wrote down when we were talking to Ann about that and the development of Justin Fields is, are the Bears worried that they might miss an opportunity? Like, let's say that they are judging Justin Fields on on what it is that we're seeing throughout this season, knowing that they're going to ramp up their spending and, and have more draft capital next year. Are you missing an opportunity to, to really know what he is as a player by playing him with a group of guys that isn't really strong? Could you miss on the evaluation? Yes. Okay. I as, think you probably as, could. As, as long as they're There's aware no absolutes of that. in this. Because no. we... With, without having at least one part of our criteria grounded in something we're sure of, everything else kind of floats. And I don't, I, I don't think there's any way of knowing you a- absolutely get it right. I really don't. I'm excited to see him versus Lovey next week. I think it's a... Another opportunity for a data point in evaluation. This is our defense. This is the defense that you see practicing every single day. Nice job, I think, by Dan Bernstein and uh, Lawrence Holmes. That's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, Doesn't Bernstein sound like he would be just the biggest fucking snob? Yeah, uh, Aaron Curran said that in the chat. He says Dan Burstein sounds like a fucking prick. He, he, he is. He everyone, does, man. Everyone that has worked with him has said that about him. He's he's a fucking insufferable asshole, uh, but he's entertaining to listen to. He he reminds me a lot. I, I, I said this from the very beginning when I first started hearing him on the score. He reminds me of like Chicago's version of Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell was internationally famous but he was also hated by 75 percent of the people who watched him listened to him on monday night football who followed his boxing broadcast and so forth and bernstein is that guy he's very very interesting very articulate has some excellent thoughts has some really terrible thoughts but yeah, he, bottom line, he sounds like a prick. <laughs> I think you're way too generous in the comparison with Cosell, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, what'd you think about the meat of what they said? Uh, I, again, I think Holmes was was spot on. Please go ahead. I kept thinking everyone could be right. Maybe Mike Martz is right and I'm wrong. But I think somebody even said it in the chat room. I, I was already thinking this. It's not like I was stealing their their opinion field started 10 games last year and that was with Matt Nagy and he's two games into this system, which is Jay Cutler would tell you like changing your offense every year is like trying to learn a new language in the off season. Mm-hmm. Like quite literally, you know, like rushing to try to you know, not only be fluent, but a, an expert in a new language in one off season. And it's not easy. I don't want to seem like I'm an apologist for fields here, but I mean, slow down a little bit. And he, he started 12 games total. And two games in the new offense. It's week three. Mm-hmm. Do we want him to show more successful splash plays and, and things that you can point to to say, yeah, this is the guy, this is our guy? Yeah, yeah, of course we do. But he showed some plays in week one. Mm-hmm. He had some moments in week one. 
Week two, he struggled. A lot of quarterbacks have struggled against Green Bay in prime time. Not trying to excuse him. It is disconcerting. But again, it's week three. It's week three. In theory, if he stays healthy by week seven, week eight, week 10, we'll see progress. I'm right? We're going to see progress. I'm totally with you. I think anyone, and there's been a lot of people on social media um, who are trashing Justin Fields, and there's a lot of people in the chat room who have come here and said Justin Fields. There was one guy that I blocked because he called Justin Fields a punk. And that sounded to me like it was racially insensitive. You know, a lot right. of black people have been called punks for decades. And you don't come here to the bar room and call any black man a punk. In fact, you shouldn't call anybody a fucking punk. That to me is 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 unacceptable. So I blocked him and um you can't you, you you can't make a judgment on a young football player this quickly, particularly given the circumstances around him. Brand new coaching staff. The first year's coaching staff was awful. I don't care what you say, it, it, they were awful. And um, and then the 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 fact that the season is so early, and yes, there have been some mistakes. Give him time to grow. Now, Jalen Hurts, I think, is an excellent example brought up by Holmes. By the way. I, I hate to brag, but I was so I, I wanted Jalen Hurts to be drafted by the Chicago Bears so fucking much. That was the year that we had two draft picks. We drafted Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson in round two. We didn't have a first rounder. And I was hoping that they would take a shot at Jalen Hurts because I am of that theory that you should be drafting a quarterback every year or every other year or at the very least every three years and have a good, competent or or potentially good, competent quarterback in the pipeline, you know, and the Bears bypassed Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts rookie season was awful. Um and his second season showed some promise. And now this season, he's being fucked. He looks like a fucking god. And that's the way I grew up uh, watching quarterbacks, that it takes time for them to develop. And I know that the rules and strategy have changed, and we've changed, we've adopted, we being the NFL coaches, have adapted more schemes and plays from college football to make that acclimation period shorter for some quarterbacks. But still... It, it, you shouldn't expect a quarterback in his rookie or even sophomore season to come in and play great. Jalen Hurts right now is playing pretty good fucking football, and his future looks pretty fucking nice. Justin Fields, I believe, can be better than Jalen Hurts and am among the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. We just shouldn't rush to judgment on him. Let's give it some time, guys. I mean, we've been complaining about bad offensive line, not enough receiver help, and yet we expect uh, Justin Fields to correct everything with his magnificence? That's not fair to him. And you're talking about quarterbacks in the pipeline. And Just go back to Bears history. Think about it. They win the Super Bowl with McMahon and Tom Zach and Fuller, right? And then then Ditka loves Doug Flutie. Loves Flutie in 86. He brings Flutie in. So now you got four quarterbacks there. Granted, McMahon's hurt. And what do they do? They draft Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. So, again, Harbaugh kind of plays a little bit in 88, a little bit in 89, but by 90, it's his turn. So mm-hmm. you had the guy in the bullpen. Like you were saying that, like, okay, if Tom Zach can't get this done, if McMahon doesn't uh, you know, get the job done, we don't know what we have with Flutie, but, you know, down the road, we've got Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. You're right. We haven't seen that in a long time with the Bears. 
Yep. Well, uh, Tooch, let me know when you're ready to pop in here because we want to hear about uh, the Bears' state of affairs. I know you've got a clip you want to share, particularly with Dan Aguirre. Uh, so let us know when you're ready to pop in. Um, I could just say this regarding Justin Fields to just put a bow on it. Let's let's be let's be patient with the guy. Let's please be patient with the guy. Let's not run him out of town for fuck's sake, man. I even saw people like he he said something uh, after the game that you know the the Bears fans don't put as much into it as the Bears players and people were David Kaplan starting with David Kaplan and a bunch of other people were saying you know oh he's dissing the fans he wasn't dissing the fans he was just expressing his frustration that, you know, the Bears players put a lot of fucking work in their week and that they are frustrated. I understand. I mean, I've been saying for years that we fans suffer as much as the players. And we do. And we do. But I don't expect Justin Fields to know that. I don't expect any of the players to know that. They're in their own world, focused on their own things, and, and that's cool. Does he know that Dan Aguirre is going to fucking literally cry after a package? <laughs> Does he know that I have literally cried dozens of times after a Bears loss in my lifetime? Oh, he doesn't know that. Does he know that we spend hours and hours every week Talking about the Bears, thinking about the Bears, reading about the worst Bears, watching video, TV shows about the Bears, anything that we can consume about the Bears, we do. I don't expect him to know that. He's a young man. He's he, he, uh, The only things that he should be thinking about right now is football and pussy. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, you know what normally makes cheers me up after a bad loss like that? You guessed it. Pussy. <laughs> but yeah, man, there there was none around. I love that man. <laughs> there was there was none around on Sunday night for me. It was Aww. just I went to fucking sleep. I went to sleep probably an hour after the game. Between that and that that Cunningham guy on WGN with this like I'm waiting on Dan Hampton because I want you know the old Ed O'Brenovich to start screaming. And mm -hmm. all I keep hearing about is how the you know those Latinos. God damn it. Those Latinos commit so many crimes and shit. I'm like, is this real? Like, why is this on right now? Like, if it can he have right wing hour any other fucking night except after the Bears game? Yeah, after I the game's over, can we cut his show? I can't believe that WGN did not renew Ed Obradovich and Dan Hampton. No, That's no, no, they did, but it started like fucking 45 minutes after the game. They just oh. kept Bill Cunningham on to the point it made me so depressed. I just went to bed. I didn't even beat off. I wish I could have beaten off and then gone to sleep. I just <laughs> ah, that's I drank awesome. some fucking NyQuil and I went to sleep. I was like Chris Farley in that old SNL bit. If you remember, mm -hmm. you drink NyQuil, then you wake up with a beard because you've been asleep for two days or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did you see that uh, news report today that uh, it's become like a social media thing? They show somebody cooking uh, chicken in NyQuil. And that it's now become a thing, and pe and people, particularly young people, are doing it and eating it, and it's pretty fucking dangerous thing to do. And so they've had to issue warnings: don't do this. Which is why would anyone do that? First off, I don't like chicken anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm the only person in America that hates chicken. And but why would you mix it with Nyquil? 
they're, the reason why is they're trying to get hits and clicks and make a video go viral so they can make a little uh, change uh, on the side. That's the only reason somebody would do something like that. Uh, Jeremy says he couldn't sleep after the game either. I, I had a hard time sleeping. I had a hard time thinking. My mind was going everywhere. Don Burr is there saying Detroit versus everybody. Yeah, Don, where the fuck were you last week when the when the Lions got their asses kicked by the Eagles? So uh, he's coming on here talking about the Lions' victory over Washington, and that's I feel so bad for Ron Rivera. So fucking bad for him. He, first of all, he's working for the worst organization in pro football. The Daniel Snyder football team is the absolute worst organization. He deserves a much, much better fate. I would have loved for him to be the Chicago Bears coach uh, in 2022 and beyond because he's a good man. He's got a good football sense. Um, and uh, Love you, Randy. Right out of town, though. Yeah, that was so sad. The, the loving. Like, I don't want my replacement here. Let's get rid of old Ron. Right. He wanted his buddy, Dan, uh, what was it called? Backage? Bob Babbage. Bob Babbage. Thank you. He wanted his buddy in and he wanted Ron out who would challenge him at meetings as opposed to ex- uh, embracing differences of thought. Lovey didn't want that. And uh, Ron was forced out. It was. It's so sad. I love Chico too, Tua. Tua Hong. Um, we're going to have Tua Hong and Laz and a bunch of other people on the show. Uh, Michael Henneman says, same here, Aldo. Yeah, I'll drink to that. <laughs> um, so, uh, Tucci will be joining us shortly. Anything else regarding this Bears game, this Bears loss against the Packers that you want to get off your chest? Were you happy with the announcing in the game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought again to give Collinsworth a little bit of credit. He did a couple of times. It almost come across as patronizing, but I think he was trying to be pro bear to an extent. He was saying that you know these bears are starting to believe in this coach and they're young and by, by next season they're going to be someone you have to contend with. He said that several times. Mm-hmm. So I give Collinsworth credit for just not going in. And immediately saying, Aaron, pull down your pants. Like, ah, just, ah, I'm going to suck the fucking life out of your fucking cock right now. You know, like that's normally what he does. He just for hours and hours, he's fawning and just clearly beating off in the studio. It's just, or the, the booth, you know, and, but, but they got a little loose in the fourth quarter. It kind of felt like Collinsworth and Tariko had been drinking. They started joking <laughs> with Melissa Stark on the sideline about being late to meetings. And she's like, what are you talking about? I haven't been late. What are you talking about? That was just weird. Yeah, they were laughing, and she was like, "What are you saying, guys? I'm just new to the staff. I've not been late. What What are you saying? You know." <laughs> By the way, Brianna Chase is becoming the hit in the chat room uh, with her comments. Uh, Brianna, we love you too. Uh, By the way, Dan, do you remember this? I don't mean any disrespect to actual cocksuckers, but Rogers is a fucking cocksucker. Ask Kevin. Who the hell that's is Kevin? Kevin's his lover, remember? Oh, that's right. Like his roommate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when Aaron uh left uh left Kevin <laughs> left being his roommate, Kevin went on social media and started saying things that made it seem like they were more than roommates. No, they were together, man. He said that uh Aaron was supposed to come out when Michael Sam was drafted. Is that what he said? Yeah, and said that Aaron, you know, told him like that whole offseason he was going to tell everybody that they were a couple and that he meant the world to him and that 
Michael Sam come out, he was going to support him. It'd be like such a big thing for gay people. And then when he went against that, you know, the Kevin guy's like, what the fuck? So Rogers ghosted him. Wow. So yeah. were, were you upset? I, I was, and I, I hate to sound like an old fuddy-duddy here, but sometimes I am. Um, the Packers score a touchdown. All the players get into a circle. The, uh, Lazard, who scored the touchdown, starts pretending there's something in the football and passing it and pouring into the player's hands. They sip it, and then I, I saw Rodgers doing this. like He, he was like a, turned into a butterfly. And what I read on social media is that they were pretending that they were sharing ayahuasca with everybody. Wow. God almighty. I've thought for years, like, you know, the last, what, four years, you, the, the defense can all like celebrate Mm -hmm. run for the camera. Anytime there's a turnover, which I find annoying, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before that you weren't allowed to fucking celebrate at all. And they've been letting the fa- the Packers jump into the stands for thirty years. Right. No, nobody else. Remember, T.O. just signs a football. Oh, that's right. a penalty. You can't have a sharpie. You you can't go get the cheerleaders' pom poms. All the shit that like Chad Johnson. You can't do that dance. But but the Packers fans can just or the Packers can run and jump in the stands, and that's never been penalized. Yep. I I. I- I I don't understand why the league hasn't said, listen, you're glorifying taking a illegal substance. You should be fined for, for that celebration. I don't understand that. Let's see what Foster says about that. Although it's so old, he played dice for, <laughs> for Christ's robes. Yeah, I was there, man. I, I don't want to play into a stereotype of a liberal that always calls everyone, everything racist. But I think there's a degree of racism with this, with the drug stuff, man. I feel like if it was a black player that came out and said, mm-hmm. I took this hallucinogenic in the off season, that there would be some sort of investigation and a fine or at the very least a suspension. But the golden boy does it, the white savior, you know, and it's okay. It's okay for the white guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Again, if that's, if I feel like if that's a black player, then oh, they're going to be like, oh, we'll see that that leads into uh, a big can of worms there, doesn't it? We're and it just turns into like a stereotype, and 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 Goodell's immediately going to find that person. Yeah, I, I I would, you know, I I agree with you. I agree. I that's there's different tolerance levels for certain people and certain players. I do think that if it was a superstar player, uh, no matter what color, that they might allow them to get away with that. But if it's what if that's, let's say, what if that's Lamar Jackson? Yeah. It's been an MVP in the league, still probably not a super superstar. Like right now, if you retired, you wouldn't say, oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But I'm just saying, but what do you think? GCA says, oh, stop, Dan, that's such BS. And then following that is Nick saying, I agree with Dan. So it is a difference. I'm not saying anything to try to be controversial in any way. That's my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. And people can disagree with it, and I have no uh, malice toward that at all. I, I just find that the league loves this fucking guy. If I wasn't a Bears fan, I could still see that because I'm an NFL fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The league loves this guy. Peyton Manning was the same way. He could do anything he wanted. He was getting HGH. They didn't give a fuck, man. They went after the source. And said, "Oh, that's Al Jazeera. You can't believe Al Jazeera. I mean, fuck, they're they're Arabs." Mm-hmm. 
But Al Jazeera USA breaks the story where he and his wife were smuggling in HGH and his fucking forehead's bigger than the size of the studio I'm in right now. And it's changed. Remember with Barry Bonds, though, they're like, oh, look at his head. Look at his head's changing and his feet are bigger. And they're analyzing everything about Barry, but no one does the same thing to Peyton because Peyton's the great white hype. Great point. Great point. To this day, I hear people say, oh, Barry Bonds' record's not even a real record. It, it's, it's, it's not McGuire's and Bonds's don't matter. It's, it's Roger Maris's record. Mm-hmm. How do you say that? I mean, yeah, Barry, to me, Barry's the guy that has the single season record and the all time record. He broke Henry Aaron's record. I'm sorry, he did, mm-hmm. whether you like him or not. I, I'm with you, brother. By the way, uh, there's a guy named John Santucci. That we're going to bring in now. There he is, looking lovely as always. His uh, microphone is muted. He's asking me to wait a second. That's probably because he's farting right now. Uh, yep. <laughs> I got to roll the. I got to roll the intro about the A. Willie Brown all up in this motherfucker. <laughs> That's nice, man. I like it when you do that. It turns me on. Ah, here we go. Bears State of Affairs. Week one, Club Hydroplane. Week two, Ayahuasca Nightmare. <laughs> well done. The sky is falling for Bears fans. I've got a station off there. I'll be back in just a second. Sorry to interrupt, Tooch. Okay, guys. I missed my bit. <laughs> yeah, I missed your bit. Unhappy players without new contracts. Oh, Roquan doing Roquan things. Komet and Mooney, only two catches for four yards. And Jalen Hurts was drafted 10 players after Cole Komet. Damn you, Pastes. Yeah. Uh, uh, taking a quarterback in the draft every year, my ass. Fields, 28 <laughs> pass attempts in two games. That makes him 33rd in the league. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks, by the way. Let Russ cook. Nope. Bears, Bears won't even let Fields make a PB&J. <laughs> or if you're if you're Jordan Silvera, it's PB and Mayo. <laughs> Shotgun on the goal line was Matt Nagy at the game. Bears fans' heads exploded all over Twitter. Can we recover in time for Lovey? Bears fans, I know it's the Packers, but it's just one game, and we got 15 more, and that is Bears state of affairs. And then I will have to rewind the tape. Oh, you're good at numbers, so now you think you know football. That's adorable. Another uh, 100 proof reference there. Uh, yeah, I blame Pink Floyd, Aldo. It's a fucking wish you were here song. Every time that comes on air, it sets off our alarm. Really? It's so fucking low in the beginning. The fucking alarm system thinks the station's off air. Oh, uh, Dan, you missed my A. Whitney Brown imitation. But hey. Uh, I it's do apologize that yeah, I'm at work. I had to, to rectify that. But again, it wasn't even off air. It's just that goddamn Pink Floyd song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pink Floyd throwing a monkey wrench in the show, although it's it's the shirt. <laughs> you be. had to wear the damn shirt. Oh, I, love <laughs> I love the shirt. I love that album. I love uh, my listening to that album. I did LSD once. I think it was one of the, I don't remember for sure if it was the first time I heard the album or the second time. Uh, 
I was on LSD, and when those fucking clocks start going off, I was That's like, so cool. "Holy shit, what the hell is going on here?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm tripping, man. <laughs> Great album for that. And uh, Doors, uh, LA Woman, also another good album for all. Uh, that. Doors, my second favorite band of all that's time. my old that's my favorite classic rock band without question the doors yeah man i even have the two albums they cut without jim after jim died mm. other voices in full circle which were not exactly good i'm sorry to say that but the late great great ray manzarek on vocals did do you like the oliver stone movie guys i love it yeah. i read uh, robbie krieger's book last year he was going like line by line for all the things that weren't accurate in it and the, probably a lot right yeah he explains a lot of stuff in it like i said things that didn't happen and like, he was trying to offer like oliver's perception on why he put those things in like he didn't have a animosity toward oliver stone as much as as ray did mm-hmm. like ray like he said ray and oliver kept getting arguments to our oliver's like fuck you get off the set I don't care. We, he said that's why Kyle McLaughlin's performance was a bit affected in terms of how his realism of playing Ray, because Ray was supposed to help Kyle, but he kept fucking with Oliver like he was directing the movie and got kicked off the set. Ooh, wow. Didn't know that. Didn't yeah. Know. His book was really in depth. And uh, one of the funny things that I retained is uh, Jim, he said Jim got syphilis. In like 1968, and Jim was like, thought it was so cool. He's like, he's going to be like one of the old school guys from like Spain in like 1600. He said, that's how I'm going to die. He's like, I'm not going to treat it. I'm going to let it make me go mad. And he said about four days of having uh, painful pisses, Jim was running to the doctor and begging for medicine. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. Tooch, did you like that movie? Yeah, it's great. I like anything Oliver Stone pretty much. Hey, yeah, one, more do- Go ahead. one more doors thing. Uh, did you ever see that performance they did on the Smothers Brothers show where Robbie has a black eye? No. Well, anyway, that was a subject of like so much like, why did he have a black eye? You know, that, and it was so wild. He explained it in the book. They got into a car crash and a woman was actually paralyzed mm-hmm. and she sued Robbie and Robbie was still paying this woman for like 30 years because of this car crash, because she got paralyzed with him driving. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So his black eye was cause he was in a car crash. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, today, you know, uh, Devin Hester is announced. Devin Hester's a nominee nominee for the pro football hall of fame class of 2023. That's right. Good about that. Nine, right. nine guys. Who have played with the Bears either their entire careers or a portion, like Mushin Muhammad is is nominated and uh, Jared Allen. I don't give a shit about those guys. The four that I want to get in are Olin Krutz, Devin Hester, Lance Briggs, but number one on my list, even above Devin Hester, is Charles Peanut Tillman because I think he is one of the most underrated defensive backs in NFL history and is definitely in this historic franchise over 100 years of playing uh, in the NFL. The Chicago Bears have never had a better cornerback than Peanut Tillman. I'd love to see him go in first. I'd love to see Hester go in second. I'd love to see both those guys go in the same year and then uh, follow that up with uh, Olin Cruz. Briggs, okay. 
fine. I would like to see Devin go in first, and maybe, maybe it's so trivial of me, but the Steve Smith game, just seeing Peanut eaten up for like 250 yards receiving, I'm slightly exaggerating, but you know, Devin like changed and revolutionized that position. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did you hear you can't kick it to Devin? You can't kick it to Devin and two touchdowns in a game, you know, and just unbelievable. The only guy to ever start a Super Bowl with the kickoff return for a touchdown. The game, you know, and just unbelievable. The only guy to ever start a Super Bowl with the kickoff return for a touchdown. That's an insta drop. Right. Yeah. 100 proof. I was wondering what the fuck that was. I was like, why am I hearing myself again? <laughs> Did someone slip some shit in my Gatorade here? You know? Laz asked me about uh, Steve McMichael. I would love to see Steve McMichael uh, in the Hall of Fame, but he wasn't on that list of 100-plus players that was released today. So I'm not sure if his eligibility is over. um, And and perhaps, uh, I don't know if in the NFL they've got a veterans committee. I I don't know what's going on, but he wasn't on that list because if he was, I would have definitely said yes to him. And Mongo, Mongo and Wilbur Marshall. And maybe even Otis Wilson, to an extent, deserve a second look from those teams. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. You know, the Bears' defense should have had or should have uh, seven guys off the top of my head that should be Hall of Famers. How many do they have now? they got Singletary, Dent, Dent. Hampton. Uh, well, But of the defense, because I'm oh, saying okay. seven of the 11 starters should be in the Hall of Fame. Defensive it? Nope. So Gary didn't make it. So we got Richard Dent, Mike Singletary, and Dan Hampton. That's it. Just three. Just three. And uh, uh, McMichael deserves to be in. Um, Wilbur. Wilbur's stats are better than most people's at his position. Yes. Same thing could be said for Otis Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen to what 4,000 Clovers has to say. If Joe Buck is in the fucking Hall of Fame, that's all I'm saying. What the fuck? <laughs> I agree with you, 4,000. How can Joe Buck? This is Joe Buck Jr., not not the dad, right? The dad. Jack, yeah, Jack was amazing, I thought. Oh, he was outstanding. He deserves to be on every Hall of Fame. Baseball, football, I don't give a fuck what he didn't call hockey. <laughs> Put him in there, too. Hockey broadcasting. He made yeah. some weird comment, I remember, though, during uh, the 90 NLCS that got him in trouble between the Reds and Pirates. Someone like Polish uh, of heritage sung the national anthem, and Jack Buck said something about that came across as racist against Polish people. And this is in, like, 90, not today. Yeah. Yeah, so he got in a little bit of trouble. Uh, you remember what he said? Did he use the word? Oh, uh, I don't remember what he said, but it was something that, like, ooh, you shouldn't have said that, Jack. Yeah, you, so you you knew it immediately when you heard it that it that it was a oh, this is one of those. Or did did you on um, upon reflection? Upon reflection, okay. I was only uh, nine years old, you know, yeah. when the game was live, so I didn't I didn't pick up on that so much, but. Rewatching it, rewatching it, it, it was obvious. I forget what he said, but it's one of those like I don't know if Joe Buck's ever had a comment like that, but his dad had a bad one. Mm-hmm. In it, was, it was something about Polish people in Pittsburgh, and it, it was it was ooh, it was bad. Uh, you know, it's weird because back in those days, you could probably pretty much say anything and and get away with it. Although I remember Howard Cosell got into the Al Garrett thing, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, big trouble for that. By the way, Casey says throw Mike Brown into the Hall of Fame too. What do you guys think about that? I love Mike Brown. I mean, I love, love, love Mike Brown, one of my favorite Bears of all time. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I think his injuries probably take him out of it. But if he could have had like two or three more Mike Brown years without those injuries, I think he's like first ballot. I mean, but I I don't think he'll ever get in. And and that's okay. You know, like – as a Bears fan, if we at the new stadium, if we have like a ring of honor, his name should be up there. I I agree. That's one of the reasons I can't wait for this Arlington Heights uh, uh, new stadium because they'll have a ring of honor. I'm sure they'll have a Bears Hall of Fame where we can go in there and see whether it's plaques or whatever commemoration they have of the great Chicago Bears. Yeah. We need that. You know, it, and it was traveling, uh, you know, the – at Bears 100, 100th year anniversary, it traveled around. They had it set up at the uh, was it the Rosemont Theater, I think, was where the oh. was, was it uh, nice? Yeah, it's great. They had the busts, you know, uh, uh, two sides of the hall on either side, you know, encased in glass, nice displays and some memorabilia. It was really excellent. If anybody That's, went, I think to, were, these were Bears players who were in the National Football League Hall of Fame or the Pro Football Hall of Fame, or was yeah. it just like Bears Hall of Fame guys? Both, yeah, both, okay, both, yeah, cool. both representatives from like Bears Ring of Honor, and and though, and some of those, of course, were are in the Hall of Fame. Speaking yeah, of old school really cool. Bears, did anyone watch the Walter documentary on Epics? Have not watched it yet. I've recorded that one and the John Madden one. Uh, I watched both of them, and and the Madden one's great. There's so many things I didn't know, like. I always kind of like, how did he get turned on to this video game thing anyway? And like, that's explained that he was a school teacher before he was ever a coach. All these things, man. The Madden one was great. The Walter one is like the only people that talk on it are, are uh, Jared and, and uh, Brittany, just his kids. Uh, when that, that's okay, you know? Uh, Rich Eisen does the narration for both, but there's not too many things about Walter that they show or say that I didn't know already. The only Mm -hmm. cool thing I'll say was that they showed a lot of different clips of Walter, like from like, you know, 76 to like 93, like to 98. They were doing a great job of quick. It's of like him getting asked the same question at different ages and stuff. Mm-hmm. which was kind of cool, the editing with it, when you would see him at different stages of his life and the things that he would say. But for the most part, if you're a real Bears fan, you knew everything that they were ta- talking about around. Yeah. See, that's the thing with, uh, I mean, at my age, I've, I've seen just about everything about the 85 Bears and, and so forth. And so I'm very particular about watching something about those Bears because it's like, okay, I've seen this movie before even though it's a, it's a new thing. So I, I, I'm a little reluctant to watch that Walter thing. And based on what you're just saying, I, I think I might skip it. I, I might want to watch the John Madden one because there sounds like some, there's new material there. Yeah. The man was great. The Walter one's not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll still make you cry when every time they cover him dying. I mean, there's no way you won't, you'll get just teared up. I but should have I, watched that on Sunday night after the bears lost. Cause that way it would have, Help me flush away all of my tears. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you ever watched the one I sent you called 85 that's got yeah. a bomb on the front. Of it. I that's thought a- that I was gonna say that one's really good for even people that aren't Bears fans because mm-hmm. there's so many pop culture references in it that uh, I thought that one was really well done, even better so than the ESPN, the one that Vince Vaughn 
uh, did the narration on. I thought you know, that one focused on Buddy more than anything. By the way, Michael Henneman just might have come up with the best joke of the night. <laughs> to Don Burr, I heard Detroit has a ring of honor. It's called Tire Fires. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I put him in the tie up with that, Michael. <laughs> that is good. It's a tie in Detroit with Chicago <laughs> and what we're talking about. I to this day, though, to be honest with you, had had Barry Sanders broken Walter's record, I would have been okay with that. Really? I think I think Barry was a sensational player, and I think Emmett Smith was only good like the first four or five years when he had four Pro Bowl offensive linemen in front of him. And I think Emmett's extremely overrated. And he had to play like 37 years to get that record anyway. And Barry retired when he could have gotten it if he just played one more year. And he walked away because he hated being a lion so much. Yeah, Don Burr, you hear that? Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders both quit on your franchise. In the prime. In their prime. In their prime. They could have been outstanding players for a long time. Nomad says I should do an Aldo Gandia documentary. <laughs> By the way, um, man, I was last week was one of the busiest weeks I've ever had in my life because uh, BB North, Mike North's wife, contacted me, and uh, Mike's seventieth birthday just passed up, and she said, "Hey, you know, I want to just put some pictures together and put some music, some of Mike's." So me being me. I said, no, we got to fucking do a fucking tribute documentary thing. 15-minute long documentary about Mike's life. And while there's still, you know, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to shit like that. There's still things that I would like to change. I'm really proud, though, of the way that it turned up. It's one of those things where you look at and you say, holy shit. First of all, I didn't know all this shit about Mike North. Fucking Mike North was making over $2 million a year in Chicago. He was the highest paid local sports radio guy in the nation. His fame was so big. He was hanging out with Hollywood celebrities like Warren Beatty and um, uh, uh, hanging out at the fucking Playboy Mansion. He, 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 he was like fucking huge. And so... In the documentary that I put together, this little 15-minute documentary, there's a segment on that that turned out really cool. And the other segment that was really, really uh, touching was his marriage to Bibi. I mean, Mike will tell you, Mike was a fucking hobo. <laughs> and he married, you know, like one of the prettiest women in, in the United States. I mean, you look at these pictures of Bibi and her 20s and 30s and 40s and stuff and she's like movie star gorgeous and uh and mike will say you know she's smarter than me a hell of a lot looking better looking than me how fucking lucky am i <laughs> and, you know i hope the the hollywood movie has stalled because of financing and i hope it, it does come through because he's he really has an incredibly incredible uh life story that uh should be told and uh, his rise and his falls because there's some stuff in his life that you know i'm sure he wouldn't mind a do-over on uh, but it, it was great. Maybe one day we'll, we'll show maybe at least a portion of it. The reason I can't show it all is that there's a lot of copyright music, you know, a lot of stuff from the Doors and Elvis and the Rolling Stones, his, his favorite bands and stuff. So I'm sure if I were to play it here now, we, we'd get shut down. But uh, uh, so the I'll film's be... in turnaround then. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking in turnaround, Tooch. Um, yeah, I got you. Have... 
You have I a got little video for Dan. Excellent. And uh, he's I, I I'm so curious to hear his reaction because I know this is video kind of speaks to Danny, so I'll roll it now. Excellent. No more Bears Packers in primetime. <laughs> and more appropriately, no Moss. Uh, I understand they have to play twice a year. This is mm -hmm. what they have to do. We don't need to see them. Let's put them at 1 p.m. window just let it roll. How many times do we have to see a nationally televised ass-whooping of the Packers <laughs> over the Bears? If it's not Aaron Jones, it's Jordy Nelson, it's Antonio Freem, it's just it's the same game every time. You put it there and you think, Great! Bears, Packers, it's Nitschke and Butkus, and it's a rivalry. No, it's not. It hasn't been for a long, Curly Lambo. No, no, I don't want to hear about Curly Lambo. I don't. Uh, it's, you think it's this Yankees-Red Sox thing? The Yankees don't beat the Red Sox by 12 runs every yeah. single time they play. It's a lot of great history between the Bears and the Packers. None of it is recent. Rodgers' margin of victory over the Bears in prime time is over 15 points a game. <laughs> Favre's margin of victory was over 16 points a game. Look at the scoreboard, guys. It says 17 points. I love the Bears organization. They're working on some stuff. They're doing some stuff. In the meantime, no moss. No moss. And it would be one thing if the Packers just won all the time. It is a, a mercy rule boat race every time we watch the game. Rodgers just passed Drew Brees for the top five in passing touchdowns versus one opponent. Just some stat that nobody cares about. It seems great on paper. I'm asking. Who's our Mike North, our guy? Yeah. I'm asking you, Mike, please, as a Chicagoan, but also as an American, <laughs> we don't need to see that anymore. I would rather have Jaguars, Jets. We've done the Packers, Bears thing. If Rodgers leaves, let's talk. But Mike until North. then... No moss. It's over. Schedule maker. You're asking Park Avenue. Yes, right I am. How yes. are cats? I'm not asking them. I'm, I'm, I'm telling them. I'm no demanding. Especially no one needs to how see all that. the other games went yesterday. You could have blindfolded yourself and picked one of those games. Yeah. It would have been better to see on a Sunday night. But, but it's a great you. rivalry. Uh, oh, it's historical. It's fantastic. Oh, boy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. I'm sure NBC got some of the best ratings they'll get the whole season. That is true because Chicago Bears really tilt the ratings and uh, they're always good for the ratings. But eventually, if this continues, you got to wonder if anybody's going to be watching a Bears game on national TV. Well, I mean, I, I, I why does every, every, every primetime game is up there, too? Like, goddamn, have some of them in Soldier Field and have the officials call the game straight, and then maybe you have a different outcome. Tooch and I were talking about that before the game. Do you recall yeah. when the last nationally televised game was in uh, Chicago with the Bears-Packers? Yeah, yeah, 19 when the season opened uh, for the Bears 100. 2019. And before that was 2010. Okay. Uh, week, week three, the first night they ever wore the blue jersey with the orange numbers mm -hmm. from the 40s. So the game where Trubisky throws interception to Adrian Amos in the end zone when they're trying to tie the game or go ahead. Was the first one in nine years. But every year in between that was at Lambeau in primetime. Why has this got to happen to us, man? The Bears have had like one, maybe two 1 p.m. or 12 noon kickoffs in Green Bay in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. By the way, what happened to Don Burr? He's got a new face. Who is that? Is that? It, it ain't him. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough pimples. Don't care, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Maybe Dan Campbell drowned him. <laughs> that that motherfucker's got nine oh, lives. <laughs> it's like a fucking cat.
Oh, I'll tell you one thing, man. The Lions do have a lot of fucking talent. I can't wait to see how they fuck this up. I really can't because there's <laughs> a lot of talent over there. You know? Uh, and, and what you know, about – go ahead, Tooch. Yeah, you made a great point, all because uh, that last clip that I wanted to show Danny, you know, because we're always talking about stuff like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't fair that we're always up in Green Bay almost always, you know. I mean, that's, that's the perception – you know that uh, that those hosts—I don't even know who that guy was in the red shirt—but uh, that's the perception nationally, I guess. And maybe it's part of the reason why we get dumped on by national media is shit like that. Mm-hmm. I think the guy in the red, you're talking about the guy who was talking about right? that's Kyle yeah, Brand. Yeah. He's, Kyle he's, Brand. Okay, I didn't know. I couldn't remember his name, but yeah, he's on NFL this morning. That's his show, and mm-hmm. I think he's becoming a star. I really do. I, this guy is really fucking good, and he's a, a diehard Chicago Bears fan. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he's his star is rising. I I think that I wouldn't be at all surprised if this is his last season at the NFL Network, and he lands a uh, CBS or Amazon or uh, a lucrative deal because he's super super fucking talented. I think he's being wasted on that morning show. The rest of the people, I, I do like. Uh, somebody just said that the show is not the same with Kay Adams, but the new female that they have there, and I apologize, I don't know her name. I haven't put it to memory yet, but I think she's pretty good. You know, the first couple of times I saw it, I was like, eh, but she's really growing on me. She knows her football. She's got a great personality. Um, she she meshes in well with the other co-stars. I'm not a big fan of, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Um the guy that's closest to the camera. He's a longtime NFL reporter. Uh, help me out, chat room. Um, they, they also brought in one of the twins, one of the McCordy twins, uh, and he's okay. He's still finding his his footing on that show, Peter, Peter uh, Schrager. Thank you, Tori. Yeah. Peter Schrager, he's you know he's okay. He's not great. Uh, he's a better reporter than he is a TV host. Um, but that that show to me, the NFL Network Good Morning Amer- uh, Good Morning Football show, is important to me because that's where I don't have to sit through baseball highlights and you know soccer highlights on ESPN Sports Center. It's all football. Peter Schrager, thank you. Um, and, yeah, and so, it, it wasn't Mike North, our Mike North, that they were talking about. Just thank you, dude, for mentioning that. I, I thought it was. I'm like, you know, and, and Mike, Uncle Mike straightened me out today. It was like, I was like, Uncle Mike, they're talking about your good morning football. It's like, he was like, no, dude, <laughs> that's right. Mike North is one of the other Mike North is one of two of the <laughs> schedule makers for the NFL. And so he, he needs to stop putting the bears on national TV. If he's going to do that, he should put, you know, it should be a soldier field game. I, I have the feeling that they put the bears Packers in green Bay because it's cheaper. The crew is cheaper. The meals are cheaper. The hotels are cheaper. So I think they do that to pinch pennies. Uh, but uh, I, I love, I've always, always loved it when the bears were playing on national TV. Now, part of me is, is disheartened by the fact that we have gotten our asses kicked on a lot of national TV telecasts. Not more than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see that performance yesterday? Uh, I mean, what the fuck is wrong with him? This guy's a veteran. He can't spot a wide open guy, or he's throwing the ball. 
at two, Darius. Two hey, Darius, you're the law. What the fuck? He's two ten. <laughs> Jeremy is telling me she's has she has a nice rack. Come on, Jeremy. <laughs> you're right, but come on. <laughs> hey, Dan, are you back? Dan uh, had to go take a piss. So uh, yeah. uh, now we got Lovey coming in. We have Lovey coming in, but before we do that, I should wait for Dan to, to play this. Uh, you know Retro, right? Our man Retro, he is uh, love Retro managing our Facebook page. If if you guys yeah. are uh, visit Facebook, make sure you go over to the Barroom Network's Facebook page. It's managed by Retro, and so he's ready, willing, and able to engage in conversations with you about football. I'm going to play a videotape uh, from Retro. Uh, with some thoughts on the game, he's got a couple of questions for us, but I want Dan to be here uh, because I think uh, I'm here. All right. Hey, I got the retro uh, submitted a videotape. He wanted to come on the show, but uh, then he wasn't available at the time I asked him to. So he uh, recorded his thoughts and uh, let's uh, see what he's got to say. Oh, shit. Uh, go to system preferences, unlock the screen by selecting the lock in the bottom left corner. All right, hold on a second. Guys, talk amongst yourselves while I... This retro guy's too technical for me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I didn't mean to, like, have to go. I was telling, like, Jenny and them, I was like, man, my... Like, as a guy, you all ever have... Like, you have to piss so badly your balls start to hurt? Like, if there was someone (laughs) squeezing your fucking scrotum? Or, or, or Danny, have you ever had to pee so bad you can't fucking pee? You know, it's like... I I haven't had that one. I man, I, I had that one time. I thought I was gonna die because uh, I had a I had hernia surgery, so like everything everything was numb, you know. And then uh, after after the surgery, you know, they're like, "Hey, drink a bunch of juice." You just woke up. And I'm like, you gotta wait here until you go to the bathroom. You know, I was like, "What?" You're just you know, I could not go because I was completely numb. You know, oh, that's uh, that's horrible. Thankfully, I've never had a hernia. I've never had fucking, a catheter either. I, I want to go my entire fucking, life without a catheter. I had, or to get cath- I had to get one. It was like screaming agony. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not fun. Uh, all those left, huh? I, 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 I grabbed that clip, Danny, because when I heard that clip for the first time, I thought of you. And I'm like, this is, must be how Danny feels sometimes. But there he is. Here's Retro. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, oh, hold on. There it is. Oh, there I am. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Tooch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hold on, Tooch. I'm going to get you back on here. Don't don't All go right. away. I, I I don't know if we can, we'll be able to hear him. Let's see. We saw your Chicago Bears. Why is it so low? Against the most hated rivals, the Green Bay Sons of Bitches. I mean, Oh, I know. Aaron Rodgers. Boy, I like to fuck you up. I mean, calm down, Aaron. I heard things. I didn't mean to get you excited. You know, I was just saying, relax, relax. Like your hair, relax. Take a cold shower. Can you hear him okay? No. It's it's a little low. Do you remember back in the VHS t- tape days when you randomly would record something you loved and it would play back really fucking low? Yes. It would just piss you. It would just ruin the whole movie. That's the way this fucking clip sounds. <laughs> like uh, re- retro was like sitting in a room. The mic was like in the other another room. 
<laughs> He's like, I'm going to make this retro like a VHS tape that you can't yeah. hear. <laughs> he, he retro broke out the real, real eight millimeter. <laughs> you ever watch a porno movie in the room in the in the, um, uh, the dialogue is like really really low, and then you realize who the fuck cares? I'm not watching this for the dialogue. <laughs> oh man, when I was like at home, man, as a kid, you know, you'd have to turn that TV down all the way. You didn't want to give anybody a reason to think is he watching porn. So that was like the best day if you missed school. If you missed school and you're in the home alone, that fucking TV, right. that porn was on like 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you could yeah. stress free, free masturbate, like, oh my God, I would do it like eight times a day. <laughs> in like ninth grade, circa ninth grade, I'm the only one home. I'm going to beat off like eight times before my mom arrives home from work. That's no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Is there I mean, a surprise we, at the end of that retro clip? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I apologize shot. to retro, but he told me that you know, it had some technical difficulties. Well, you didn't tell me that the fucking audio was, was like non-existent. <laughs> so try again next week. Uh, hopefully retro can join us live because I'd love yeah, to have him right. on live. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So we got to talk about Lovey, you know, <laughs> because he's in the chat room. <laughs> Beta Max. He's got, he got his Betamax player out. You know, the one, I had a Betamax, but the one format I never had was LaserDisc. Never yeah, had a laser. it was, Oh, man. It, it had a reverence for people that had, had the latest. Fleet. It was like, uncle had one. You know, like he had all these like cool movies, like Laser. Wow. You know, yeah. yeah. They were like albums. They look, they came in like an LP, you know? That's right. And they had uh, commentary tracks and yeah. <laughs> had commentary tracks, all sorts of really cool things. Man, I wanted one so fucking bad. And right when I could afford it, people were telling me, don't buy it, man. There's something else coming out called DVDs, and it's going to fucking take over these fucking laser. And I still wish I would have gotten uh, the laser disc player because – there were some uh, impressions of some movies. Impressions are, you know, when they print them, that had extras and and features that the DVDs didn't have. And for a while, I, I fashioned myself a collector of of movies and so forth. And I wish I would have had these uh, special films that would have had stuff that has never been seen before. But is what it is. I'm going to send Retro an invite if he's in this. Uh, if he's in this. Uh, Chat room. Maybe what was the other it. format that can the competed with Blu-ray initially? It was like HD, DVD, DVR, whatever. I don't. It was something the Blu-ray beat out. It was HD TV. Yeah, H HD. Um, I never had that one either. No, me neither. Yeah. Uh, VHS, uh, DVD, and now Blu-ray. Those have been my my three. I had a beta too, though. Did you like your beta? I was like six years old, man. I was just glad I could watch it. I remember the tapes were a lot smaller than VHS. So <laughs> no, I had the Return of the Living Dead on beta. I had it on VHS. I've had it on DVD, Blu-ray. I mean, it's one of movies I can watch 78 times and probably already have. Return of the Living Dead. Is that the one with uh, uh, Polly? Uh, what's her first name? Uh, and Ving Rhames. No, that's from 04. This was much earlier. I watched it. I mean, it's from 84. The one that I like so much as a kid. Who's in it? I mean, you know, it's it's a low budget film, but like the guy, one of the guys in it that was in like a bunch of old westerns and shit that died recently. His name is Clue Gallagher. Clue Gallagher. You know what I'm talking about? 
Lou Gulliger. Yeah, he's in uh, Last Picture Show. Yes, excellent actor. He's the main. He's the main star in the Return of the Living Dead. Oh, I don't, man, have I seen that one? I don't think I have. Oh, it's it's fucking tremendous. Like it spawned a bunch of bad sequels, but the one from '84 is is I've seen it so many fucking times. I can quote the dialogue. Is that the one where the 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 zombies are in a mall? No, no, no. That's, that's Dawn uh, of the Dead. That's, that's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. yeah, that's a great fucking film. Yeah. Because that's yeah. that's a a commentary on consumerism and how Americans love to shop, even when they're fucking dead. They want to go to the mall and hang out. That's a great <laughs> fucking movie. And there's this one fucking scary scene in there that I'll never forget. I was home all alone, and I'm in my twenties watching this. And there's this little zombie girl down at the bottom of the stairs of this dark hallway. She's looking up at the camera, and it's so fucking terrifying. I was like. I got to turn on some lights here. <laughs> this fucking kid is scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I just sent you, uh, just so you could see the photo, like the box cover of the Return of the Living Dead. I sent it to your phone. Okay, you can yeah. just look at the one that I that I was trying to put over for you. Um, hold on a second. I, I want to play one thing for you. I might have to drop some bourbon in that, though. <laughs> I know. I was what? so busy uh, doing my prep for the show. I forgot to pour myself a drink, Aldo. Oh, what's wrong with you, man? I know. Get your priorities together. Kids, uh, you know, getting the kids to bed and oh, writing, writing my uh, material for. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I love that fucking movie. I mean, I love it. You have the poster? I don't have what... the poster. It's a great punk... ad poster. The punk rockers in the graveyard. Is that like the same movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there's okay. a lot of punk rock music in it for sure. Right. Yeah, it looks good. I gotta check it out. Um, all right, Lovey. We gotta talk about Lovey because yeah. this is huge for many reasons. Do I to take this segment away? Do we need to talk about too the Justin Fields, you know, the players have it worse than the fans, they're upset more than the fans too. Yeah, I, I don't, but if you guys want to talk about that too, I... we broached it a little bit earlier. So right. if you don't have anything to add, let's move on. Let's talk. I'm fine about with it. You know, he's how old is Justin Fields, right? He's 22, 23. Yeah, he doesn't know what we yeah. know. He doesn't know the suffering right. we've been. Yeah, he's a kid. Okay. And I'll I'll tell you one thing. Going over the line of scrimmage with the pass was like, uh, yeah, I mean, he went over the line of scrimmage. Should have known better. Threw the ball anyways. Should have ran with it. But man, I tweeted out right after that play, like I. I love Justin Fields because he will do fucking anything to win, whether it's cheating or fucking, you know, <laughs> breaking some rules. He just wants to win, you know? And that's the same thing with the comments as far as, like, mm -hmm. you know, we work super hard, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't bother me. I, I agree with that. I totally fucking agree with that. Yeah. All right. Now, I want to talk about Lovey? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Dan, tell us uh, your favorite Lovey Smith memory. You're asking me first? Yes. My favorite Lovey Smith memory? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. It's, it, it's hard for me to quantify, but it would, perhaps when he become the first African-American coach to go to the Super Bowl when we beat the Saints in the championship game. But I just, I love Lovey's opening presser. When exactly. He, yeah, and he's like, we're, the first thing we need to do, we're coming here, we're going to beat the Green Bay Packers. And he did. Exactly. Second thing we're going to do, we're going to win the division, we're going to win the NFC, we're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, like the only thing you fell short on was the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That was it, man. That That's the that's the correct answer when he said 
my main priorities to first of all beat Green Bay, and that was absolutely correct. So, or whenever time he got mad at Brad Biggs, I enjoyed. <laughs> he hated Brad okay. Biggs. Dude, you got anything to add about Lovey Smith? I love Lovey, man. I, I I didn't think he should be fired. Should have been fired at that, but. You know, uh, people were talking about the uh, uh, run defense against the Packers. You know, and that I had kind of like talked about this before about how like a hallmark of that style of defense is you get, you, you can sometimes get gapped by the run and how they can be able to stop the run. You know, Lovey's going to come in here and try and run the ball. You know, in the next mm-hmm. game, you know he saw the Packers do it. He's going to try and better the Bears better uh, buckle down on the run defense. And uh, I, I made this for you, Dan, but it's it's really not the week for. Uh, for the great Getsy. Yeah. yeah. By the way, the Robert Redford one was a lot better than DiCaprio's. The, oh, Great yeah, Gatsby? The movie. Yeah, I like the one from the 70s a lot better than DiCaprio's. And I love DiCaprio, but I thought the Great Gatsby from like 74 was better. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of either of the movies, to be honest with you. And the book, I read the book by F. Scott Fitzgerald. I don't, I don't understand what the big deal is about the book. It's about some fucking rich guy who's spoiled. He's trying to get laid by another fucking rich. What, what the fuck's the point of the book? I don't understand. And I, and I read the Cliff Notes too. And I'm like, still okay. Anyway, that's- well, in school, it was it was a cool book to go over because it, it dealt a lot with symbolism and such. Like there was so much to convey. Like whenever his moods were down, he would wear all black and all this shit. So there was a lot of little analytical things to study in school that made you think uh, critically. Fuck, great Gatsby. Anyway, do you think that fans should cheer or applaud Lovey Smith when he returns to Soldier Field? Standing O. Sure. Standing yeah. ovation. I mean, I not during the game. I mean, you, you don't have to, to show him reverence when the score is 14-7 or whatever, but when he comes out an hour before the game and they're about to go through their walkthrough, why not just fucking cl- clap your ass off for him? I mean, he's been back once before uh, in the rain game in 14. I was so hungover that day. I had tickets to see Bill Maher in the second row that day. The Bears beat tampa in 14 and i vomited during the whole game like four times mm-hmm. barely made it to the mar thing still hung over sitting there trying to laugh to bill mar but that's uh. mar was in his prime then but yeah cutler beat lovey in 14 i think that's the only time he's been back was the once i think the other one was in tampa Jeez, i don't remember that game when he came back so he was with tampa came back in the rain, yeah, and, and Jay beat him. Uh, we were down like most of the game, if I my memory serves me correctly, and uh, he threw some touchdowns late in the game to win wow. it. I don't remember that. Fuck. Yeah, we were wearing the blue and orange from the 40s again, I think, that day. So what do you think about this game? Do you, are you confident the Bears are going to win? I mean, when we no, look at this game. When we looked at the schedule uh, before the season, we had every one of us had this as a W. Yeah, but that's when you're trying to just pick the schedule. I mean, it's not like I was pounding my chest saying, oh, this one's a, a layup here. Uh, anytime you get added emotion like that and it's a story and it's the guy coming back to his former town, like that stuff matters in some instances. Ditka beat us with an inferior team in 97. Not that we were any good, but damn, the Saints team wasn't any good either. Mm-hmm. They beat us on Sunday night and we got him in 99, thankfully. But uh, Lovey's 0-2, man. He knows that. 
And you, he wants to come in and, and 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 beat us with his shitty quarterback who has better stats than our shitty quarterback that we think is good. And I hope is good. I'm just being sarcastic. So, yeah, man. I mean, if you told me Lovey won, I would think, oh, God, that's going to be horrible listening the rest of next week. But would I be surprised? No. But I hope it doesn't. I think what will happen is the Bears will probably find a way to win, and it'll be an ugly, shitty game kind of like the, the Texans game with Denver on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson played terribly, but they they were able to win it. And uh, yeah, the Bears have only beaten the Texans one time ever. And as Mike North would point out, that was with Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Poor Mitch. I think he's going to lose his job at Pittsburgh. Uh, two things that came out of the prevailing thoughts from the, again, I'm surrounded by Pittsburgh community. Mm-hmm. Uh Trubisky, afraid to make a mistake. I've been hearing that a lot, and I'm like, yep, I believe that. And whoever this James Daniels guy is, he's fucking awful. (laughs) He is playing terribly over there. They've all been just lamenting about how shitty James Daniels is. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, like I said, man, you can find a guard anywhere, dude. (laughs) You know, in the draft, you know, off the street, it's a guard. You know, uh, oh, don't get Aldo mad here. I disagree with you. <laughs> Look for uh, Quentin Nelson, right? Well, no, I mean, I think it's hard to find the good guard. I mean, do we have good guards on this? Cody Whitehair is an average guard. I mean, yeah. are you satisfied with Cody Whitehair? No, uh, Tevin Jenkins is looking promising as a guard, yeah, very promising. But that's not always that easy. I, I had this argument well, with Shane. Shane said, I could get you a guard anywhere. Look at the we, Philadelphia we Eagles won the Super Bowl. Hold on. Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl with two third round, fourth round uh, uh, guards. And I'm like, well, did they start with the immediate starters or did it take a while to groom these guys? And all of a sudden, he doesn't say anything. It takes a while to, to develop good guards. And when you get a guy like Quentin Nelson, who's a plug-and-play guy and has got a fucking go jacket already printed up with his name in Canton, you go after that guy. I, 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 I'll, I'll always say that. If he had fallen to eight, I bet the Bears would have taken him. Isn't oh, that where yeah. we drafted Roquan? Was it eight? Yep. Yes. Yes. For and sure. the trade proposal by Shane made to me is okay. Would you take uh, Darius, then Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson, and trade them to Chicago Bears for uh, James Daniels and Roquan Smith? And I said, absolutely. And Shane said, "You're fucking crazy. Who's crazy now, Shane?" So I would have uh, taken that any day. They too. loved Anthony Miller too. Yeah, a big time Anthony Miller. And I had high hopes for Anthony Miller too, but who who the fuck knew that he was a fucking basket case? Is he even in the league? He uh, is <laughs> not in the league. I don't think he is. Uh, he, he's on the Texans. Yeah. He, he was the way, in the Texans camp for training camp. Yeah, but year. I don't think he made the team. I don't know. I, I, I frankly don't know. Leatherwood, by the way, is waiting in the wings, but he's he's got an injury now or some illness. So he's on a four-game uh, IR list or some shit like that. So he's not going to be playing anytime soon. I think Leatherwood is a gamble by Ryan Poles. Look at Leatherwood's play with the Raiders. It's fucking embarrassing how bad he was. So I don't even know why Poles took a gamble on this guy. To me, um, Steelers IR, Jordan says about uh, Alex Miller. Anthony Miller Anthony Miller is? Okay. Yeah. Um, And and Cliff Victoria's white. Uh, White hair will – will want a big contract. Well, Whitehair is in uh, that 
portion of his contract would the Bears have an opt-out that will only cost them like $3 million? So white hair is gone after this year. Absolutely. My uh, my first appearance on Barroom was uh, saying how I didn't like the Anthony Miller pick. I wanted Harold Landry, and I got like I got killed by Phil and Shane for mm-hmm. for that. I was like, "Come on, we need pass rushers," you know. They're like, "Oh, but Anthony Miller is awesome," mm-hmm. no, but uh... he has mono, according to people. Brianna okay. Chase. Brianna, uh, how do you know he's got mono? Oh, what's going got, on? Uh, inside, inside information. <laughs> She's been kissing Alex Weatherly. Hey, Brianna's been kissing Alex. Hey, that's how you start rumors. She's <laughs> been drinking out of the public water fountain. <laughs> uh, all right. So I want to get back to this Texans game because yeah, here's what I think. And I I haven't really studied the game, but just based on my gut feel is, all right, after the Bears beat the 49ers, everybody's thinking, oh, fuck, man, everybody underestimated this Bears team. Now, after the Bears lost to the Packers, everybody's like, oh, this fucking Bears, same old shit. They fucking suck. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to beat the shit out of the Texans, and we're going to be back on that bandwagon and say, this fucking team is going to the Super Bowl. Holy shit, man. These are the great. That's what's going to happen. Watch, because that's what happened. We as fans tend to overreact to what happened that game, you know, and then it's the old Janet Jackson song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? That's how we react to games. Now, nobody has confidence in the Chicago Bears. I still have confidence in them. I still believe Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback. I still believe that Equinemia St. Brown is going to have a, a breakout type season. I still believe in Cole Komet. I still believe in Luke Getze calling plays. I still believe. And I, I, I don't believe as much as I used to on Roquan Smith, and I'm a little bit worried about the defense. But I still believe that we could win. I'm hearing Britney Spears in my head because of you, was saying she still believes. <laughs> Cue it up, Tooch. <laughs> oh, that song is so dreadful. Uh, which is your favorite pops music idol uh, of all time? Damn Amy Winehouse. Holy shit. I would let Amy Winehouse take her HIV-infected blood and just smear it all over my fucking face, and we'll take our chances. That's a a drop right there, Tooch. (laughs) 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 Let's have that ready for next week. (laughs) Amy Winehouse is so fucking sexy. So sexy. Is that My ex-wife would beat me up over that saying that I you like ugly women, but me. She always say that, like, oh, Amy Winehouse is fine. And then her sister would always jump in and be like, ew, Dan, ew. <laughs> like I, she can I, play I, piano. She can sing. She's, fuck, man, she's amazing. Well, was amazing. A great question from Joe as we uh, switch back to football. If Monty goes off this year, does polls pay him? Depends on how much it is. I mean, you just, just don't pay running backs big time dollars, but I know, you know, when George McCaskey goes out of his way to praise David Montgomery, you better believe that he has had some talks uh, with his general manager about the future of Montgomery with the Chicago Bears and the fact that he is in a contract year and he didn't go the Roquan way. 
didn't hold out, didn't hold in, never talked about his contract. When he has press conferences, he's acting charming and goofy. And, you know, and then he goes out there and plays like he did against Green Bay. Oh, man, go out there playing Morgan Floyd. (laughs) Just fucking kill me, man. Between that and someone wanting Trevor Simeon to play, I'll be back. (laughs) What do you think, Aldo? The fans are calling for Trevor's the backup already. It's the Bears cycle of fandom. Bring in the backup. Paul, you are so funny, man. That is that is the second funniest thing I read today. Thank you for making me laugh, Paul. (laughs) It's just not gonna happen. Listen. You know, this is the year where you got to find out if Justin Fields is your quarterback or not, yeah. you know, and it's too bad that he uh, doesn't have enough weapons around him and or offensive line that you can say you can. Absolutely. You know, Aldo. Right. So, but you still can make an educated guess or, a, uh, or uh, not guess uh, evaluation on his play this year. So you've got to start him every game, no matter what. Uh, and if Dan, move your microphone. You're killing me, man. It sounds like he's shuffling a driveway. He's taking a shit is what he's doing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> when you come back, you're going. <laughs> I apologize, man. I had to go take care of the fucking eagles in the other room. <laughs> I know, but use your microphone when you got all that. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, we're, we were talking yeah. about Justin yeah. Fields. It's Go a great ahead. point. Can we can we judge? Can we judge him fairly? I mean, there ain't shit. Around him. You know, the offensive line has got issues. You know, exactly. there's he really just has David Montgomery. You right. know, I, I, I like Darnell Mooney, but and and I I, I got to tell you the 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 play caller is is kind of you know in in a proving ground as well. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't think. Uh, Fucking uh, uh, Green Bay's defense knew how to stop fucking Luke Getzey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, you know? you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> I was like, uh, when when I, I came, I, I gave out the play on Barfly Tailgate. Bears or uh, Packers first half minus six and a half. You know, mm-hmm. and they were like, "You just shit on us," you know. But I mean, like, look, d- the record of fucking Lafleur and Rogers coming off a loss is like fourteen and one against the spread. They don't lose two games in a row often, you know? It's like, come on. I mean, this is a young team. They're just not ready. I mean, well, let's give them the season. This is going to be like, you know, when uh, uh, you're uh, you're making like pancake batter, you got to get all the fucking lumps out. Yes. Great analogy. This is what we got to do with the Bears this season. You know? Great analogy. Like, we got it. We're just got to smooth it out, shit like that. But uh, you know, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta say, I mean, I just, Justin Fields doesn't have a lot around him. He's got a, a play caller who's doing it for the first time, uh, and then uh, uh, you know, you had the Green Bay knowing, you know, what this guy was gonna do. And I'll tell you, uh, I like the back door to be open in that game. Although we talked about it before, then that was a fucking touchdown. Could we talk about how he was across the line, man? Yeah, the ball I, ball crossed the plane, and the Bears – it should have been 27-17. A Bears plus 10.5 should have been a cash ticket for me. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But Dan, you and I exchanged texts. I told you he's in. Uh, do you believe me now after watching the replays? And you actually sent me a picture that looked pretty convincingly that 
the ball was over the yeah. goal line. When we were like, watching it live, I think if you went back and listened to my message, I was like, oh, man, is he really in? He mm-hmm. didn't look into me. And I was like, but don't worry. It's in Lambeau. They're not going to give us the call. Yeah, it wouldn't matter to whether he was, well, was like, there's no way he's it's going to get overturned. And I was like, are they challenging? But the, we were in commercial, so we didn't know if they were challenging. And when they come back from the commercial, the Bears were in challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but I, that- I didn't think it was a score watching it live. But you did. And I was like, okay, good. good let, let's challenge it then. And I was like, but you know, they're, they're in Green Bay. They'll never give us this call. Never. And, mm-hmm. and I, I also tweeted out too. Uh, I tweeted out that if the refs looked hard enough, they could find Green Bay holding on fucking every play. God, especially that right tackle. He was holding all night. 74 was holding all night. But they never call it. It's like, it's the same thing every game. I mean, I know, I know like, uh, what's that guy's name? Kyle Brandt. Kyle Brandt can come out and say, uh, fucking, uh, can we not see Green Bay in Chicago? But fucking, how about we send some fucking film to the uh, NFL referee office, you know, officiating mm-hmm. office, about all the fucking missed calls? Because, I mean, don't put us on prime time if the refs are going to treat us like that. By the way, uh, welcome, Lovey Smith, for joining us here at the Barroom Networks uh, premiere <laughs> right. show. Then all the better shows. Uh, I hate that fucking beard, man. <laughs> that beard has got to <laughs> He doesn't still I have like that. Beard. Yes, he does. He uh, had it Sunday. Does- Oh my goodness. He looks like, like Santa it. Claus. Yeah. It looks like a bad mall, like you know, somebody at your local mall dressing as Santa like for the holidays. Mm-hmm. That's what he looks like just to do like a rent a claus. By the way, I gotta share something with you. Let me go to close up here so that you can see this. Um, so I send uh Dan this picture of Aaron Rodgers posing with this kid for make a wish. <laughs> and, and so Aaron, uh, Aaron uh, Dan responds back with this message. Classic. Fucking make a wish, kid. <laughs> yeah, he probably said some bizarre shit to that fucking make a wish kid. <laughs> probably telling him there's no God and stuff, which, again, I would agree <laughs> with. Uh, I wouldn't tell somebody in that spot, you know. <laughs> it's like uh like uh Peter Peter Graves talking to the kid in the cockpit of airplane. <laughs> you ever try ayahuasca or seen a grown man naked? Fucking funniest thing. I mean Dan Dan hates Aaron Rodgers so much that he comes up with the most brilliant things about him. Fire Rogers telling me, no fucking God. When you die, you die. You just don't exist anymore, kid. Good luck. And then you, you just woken up, right? When I sent you that. Yeah, yeah. I've been awake like 38 seconds when I said that. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I think I, re- I replied back to you. That's the best fucking laugh I've had in weeks, man. <laughs> Classic movie, though, Airplane. What a great movie. Oh, my gosh. That was great. Leslie <laughs> Nielsen, Peter Graves. Airplane 2 could have been okay, too, if they had brought back Leslie Nielsen, but they had that guy that was trying to, like, imitate him. Yeah, who was that guy? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, that for that reason alone, it sucked. <laughs> Ever been yeah. in a cockpit before? <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> or the uptight like housewife white woman who's like, I speak jive. <laughs> yeah, <that was> great. <laughs> Barbara Billingsworth from uh, Leave It to Beaver. Uh, <laughs> my mom, my mom went to high school with the guys that wrote Airplane. In oh, really? The Zucker yeah, Pat, and uh... Pat, Pat Proft and company. Those, those guys. Uh, it was Pat Proft was one of her uh, uh, classmates in high school. Brianna, Brianna's turning everybody on in the chat room. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. We're gonna have to bring is that her on. One of Dan's girlfriends, or yeah, no, I have, I'm not Mitt Romney here. I only have one girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, they're almost as funny as naked Harry Fatucci. <laughs> 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 All right, so we gotta we gotta show it again, right? All right, then I'm interviewing set Cliff Victoria, though. I think <laughs> uh, pretending I pretend you were a former porn star and I'm interviewing you, okay? So, uh, uh, what was the name of the movie uh, that you were working on when you posed for this photograph? Uh, Return of the Fluffer. <laughs> 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 Very good. Have you ever been in a movie with Dan Aguirre? Yes. Have I ever been in a movie? Yeah, you guys the last one together? No. It was the last movie I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Jesus. All right. Anything else regarding uh, Lovey that we need to get off our chest? <laughs> Well, like I've told you many times, I thought at the time, Lovey, for those two collapses in 11 and 12, mm -hmm. within that total context of being seven and three and finishing nine and seven and not making the playoffs or eight and eight, whatever it was. And then the next season being seven and one and not making the playoffs for those two collapses alone, he probably deserved to be fired, especially in 11 when Donovan McNabb was like all over TV, like. Guys, I grew up here in Chicago. I would love to come help the Bears make the playoffs. And, you know, I'm available. I'm right here. And they're like, oh, we're going to play Caleb Haney at quarterback. He's our quarterback. Uh, you know, love so fucking country, you know. But uh, for that for that alone, I think he probably deserved to be fired. But that's not to say that I didn't uh, like Lovey or appreciate Lovey. But people still think like it was a like a like he shouldn't he didn't deserve to be fired. But keep in mind. He was there nine seasons and only made the playoffs three times, guys. Yeah, three times out of nine years is not good. Yeah, but you do make a Super Bowl in those nine years, um, and you do yeah. have, you know, he he made mistakes. There's no he was stubborn about certain things. He he was not flexible, and and those are things. Yeah. It's funny though because there was a really good article written. Uh, I don't know if it was the Tribune or the Sun Times, but somebody went. Uh, and spent a weekend. A reporter went and spent a weekend with Lovey and watched college football with him. And during the course of that co conversation, while they were watching football and then later had dinner, Lovey said to him, "You know, I'm a better coach now because I've learned a lot of things about myself. Is that I can be a little bit stubborn. I need to adapt and I need to make changes when changes are necessary and stuff." And then he gets hired at Illinois, and he has the, one of the worst fucking college football records for any Big Ten coach ever. He had a big upset when he was there, though. 
Yeah, big, big to do. <laughs> he won two or three games. At most, I think he is what he averaged at Illinois. But now he's got his fucking break with the Texans. Uh, but unfortunately, that's a franchise that is only second behind the Washington Guardians with or Commanders. What are they called? Guardians? Commanders? Commanders. Commanders. Which sounds like a, a cheap rubber you'd get at a gas station. <laughs> Somewhere in Indiana, trying to get back to Chicago, and there you stopped to piss, and there's a Commander rubber for seventy five cents. <laughs> I thought well, would have been a good Florida. name, though. I mean, of all the names that they put out there for the Washington team, like was was Washington football team the best name? I mean, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> well, wasn't there, there was a, a name of a um, uh, an African American squadron? Um, what was it called? The the Red Hawks or something like that, uh, that was in contention. I thought that would have been a, a cooler name than the yeah. fucking Commanders. What the fuck is a Commander? At that point, I would have still, I would have just stuck with the football team in Washington, even though they're in Maryland. But mm-hmm. Foster is right. You know, the, the the firing of Lovey Smith is the bad thing is is that he gets ten wins and he's fired. This was. Uh, I, I, you know, I've complained yeah, about the it. context though. The two collapses at 11 and 12, those matter, especially yeah. with the new GM. But that's the thing. Then the GM should have fired him as soon as he got the job for him to accept the job when management told him, yeah, you got to give Lovey another year. That's fucking ridiculous. Listen, I, you hired me to be the GM. That means I, ha- I have to make all the decisions. Don't tell me who my head coach is going to be. I'm going to name the head coach. That head coach and I are going to work on the rest of the coaching staff. And I and I alone am going to make all the player personnel decisions along with my scouting director for college football and my scouting director for pro personnel. You stay out of it. You hired me. That's it. That's what Phil Emery should have said. That's what Ryan Pace should have said. And hopefully that's what Ryan Pose said. Because if you don't handle it that way, then what you are building is a floundering franchise. Year after year, somebody's coming in and trying to salvage the football team with the quarterback they've been handed to. Give somebody the ability to build everything, the coach, the quarterback, everything. That's the way to build a franchise. Well, I'm glad they didn't do that this year. That would mean just trading fields. I'm glad they didn't. Well, you're right about that. That's why they should have fired Ryan Pace last fucking year. Well, I agree with that for sure. Like, Nagy deserved to be fired when he was grinning and smiling and shit in the Saints uh, post game after we got eliminated in the playoffs in 2020. Yep, I am with you. Uh, Matt Nagy, to me, him and Trestman, I mean, I can't believe these guys were Chicago Bears coaches. And, I, I you know, I remember watching George Hallis talk uh, uh, and the 10 o'clock news when they were covered the sports. And what a rough, gruff son of a bitch he was. The guy built the fucking NFL. The idea that he would have these two fucking nerds as his head football coaches, that would not have flied with George Hallis. Tristan might like would want to watch a Star Trek marathon with you. I get that, but at least he knows his stuff. Like he's just a guy that needs a probably to be your offensive coordinator. I, I don't think Nagy knows anything. Like, I don't I, believe that. Tristan at least knew his shit. I think Nagy was just a fucking fraud. Yep. Trustman it deserved an opportunity, is what I'm saying. I mean, if you if he took a quiz, he could pass it with all A's. He is mm-hmm. smart and he, yeah, he's a little nerdy, but uh he, he at least knows what he's talking about. 
Matt Nagy doesn't. He literally doesn't. He's, he's somehow manipulated Ryan Pacers. Tucci always says their wives got along. Mm-hmm. Look at what Brianna, Brianna says yes, although yes, that's what I've been trying to get my wife to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she just got back from Hawaii. Hey, honey, how are you? I'm tired. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that's what you're thinking about her. You're like, it's okay. You lay down. I'll give you a good massage. And then maybe, you know, half hour in, maybe you're in, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'll try that again. (laughs) Uh, um, All right. So I I am pulling for Lovey, though. After the loss that he's going to experience at Soldier Field Sunday, I hope he goes on and wins the rest of his games. And by the way, that's Go ahead. No, I was agreeing with you. I say, I do too. I hope he wins the AFC North somehow. I agree. The South. I'm sorry, the South. Yeah. And that quarterback they have, Davis Mills, if you know, I was really high on all five quarterbacks that came out of the draft with Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and the, the, the three other ones. And I said to myself, you know what? I, I would even be satisfied with Davis Mills either as a late second round pick or a third round pick because I think there's potential there. And while he has had flashes, it is clear that he's not ready to be an NFL quarterback. He really Davis Mills really needs to carried a clipboard for a while doesn't but he sound like a guy that should be a cool yeah oh yeah yeah Dave, uh, Dave Mills. He's, he's, uh, tigers wearing red davis mills doesn't have a chance today <laughs> at least miniature golf golfer <laughs> anyway paul clark is uh shouting me out here what's he saying uh although you hit the nail on the head i love you you're all of famous the candidate thank you paul holy shit Man, I am getting some love today. This is more than I'm getting at home. <laughs> is Paul, uh, he's a little bit behind, maybe, huh? He's watching, uh, watching yeah, a half hour of the past. I said that about an hour ago, Paul. Where are you been? Fast, fast forward, Paul. <laughs> Cliff Victoria is right. Mills is an adequate player. He's definitely not a superstar and may never be a superstar. But again, he's one of these quarterbacks that you draft to keep the pipeline moving, you know? Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, those were all guys that I said, you got to pick these guys up and have these guys in camp. That was a formula for the Green Bay Packers for many years. They had Mark Brunel on the bench, traded him to Jaguars. Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck, another one. There's a a third one, uh, the Matt Flynn guy. They didn't trade him. They lost him in free agency in the Seahawks. Oh my gosh, that's right. Didn't Ty have a brother? Ty Detmer and Coy Detmer. Coy had a really bad injury on Monday Night Football in like 97 where his fucking leg was shaking after he got hit and like involuntarily was shaking on the ground while it was breaking. It was, oh my God. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yes. Holy shit, man. Yeah, his leg kept shaking after it was broken. This is fucking sickening. Mm. So the my biggest worry right now, and in, in this is going to sound really weird because going into the season, I thought that the Bears' defense was going to be better than average this season. But I, I'm kind of worried about the defense right now. I think that the Packers exposed the fact that the Bears' run defense is weak. I think that the Bears' offensive line can still be controlled by a good defensive line. And if anything – Early prediction on this game, 
I think that the Bears are going to win, but it's going to be like a 38 to 28 kind of score. What do you guys think? I think completely opposite. I think it's going to be like, you know, both teams with like 200 yards passing max and a run heavy game and like 1916. Some it'll be one of those like the Bears win, but you'll still be miserable all week, like the intro says. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I hope so too. By the way, uh, Retro just contacted me. You probably heard the little buzzer thing. He says I'm sending you another video with higher audio so we'll we'll try that in a minute or so uh is it, is it on betamax <laughs> uh, uh foster is is trying to do me a favor by saying fuck you all though just to make you feel comfortable thank you foster. <laughs> you know it's uh although it's the same thing you know uh when when we had Matt Nagy here, like the dude never runs the ball. All he does is pass. Now it's like, you know, all we did was run the ball. Justin Fields only thrown, you know, a couple passes. They won't let him throw the ball or whatever, you know. We can never have both. Yep. You know, we can never have both. And same same thing when, like, Lovey was here. You know, he had, a great, he had all these great defenses and stuff. Never really had the great uh, offenses, you know, to go along with it. It's the story of the Bears fans' life since, you know, it is Super Bowl uh, year. You know, we're good on one side of the ball and bad on the other side of the ball and alternate, you know, regimes. The one year we're number one on both, we win it all. Yeah. Yep. Number it's one true. offense, number one defense, Super Bowl 20 champions. But that was 79 years ago now. Can we please get another one? <laughs> all right. You ready to try this retro thing again? Yeah. Let me see. Um, share screen, yep. window, quick time player. Oh fuck! It's fucking with me again. Hold on. All right, guys, uh, got predictions for the games while I try to make this work. Yes, the Bears win an ugly one, and let me remind you, I will not be contacting any of you during the game because I'll be driving back from that shithole known as Cleveland. So I'll have to watch the game much later in the day. So, um, so you're not going to? Oh fuck! I'll be on you. I'll be. Like, my phone will be turned off. I'm going to do everything I can to not know what's happening. Unless I'm driving when the game is playing, then I'll listen to it on Sirius and listen to Jeff Joniak. All right. So you're not you're not going to be here for next week's game? You mean the show or the game? The show. The show, the show I'll be here. I was saying on Sunday, when the game is actually being played live at Soldier right. Field, I'll be driving home from Cleveland. And then it's the October 4th show that you won't be on? Yeah. And two uh, is that two weeks from today? Yeah. yeah, I'll be in uh, North Carolina for Bush and Allison Chains. Wow. Week two. All right. We can't see. Can you hear Retro? I, I heard this? something, yeah. For your Chicago Bears visit Lambeau Field against their most hated rivals, the Green Bay Sons of Bitches. I mean, Packers. Packers. Led by Aaron Rodgers. Boy, i like to fuck you up. I mean, calm down, Aaron. I heard things. I didn't mean to get you excited. You know, I was just saying, relax. It sounds relax. so Jersey Shore. Take a cool shower. Bears have a new regime, and you would have thought a new story, but the same old record was played over and over and on repeat, nonstop, for the last thirty some odd years. The Bears lose to the Green Bay Packers. 
The NFL has a good old boy network, and we all know that. So, Luke Getzey. All right, Retro. Show came to Screechy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, Retro. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we had 150 viewers when I started playing the clip, and now we got 80. <laughs> Poor Retro. Sorry, Retro. <laughs> you have to O'Reilly this retro and do it live. <laughs> That's right. You gotta come do on live. You gotta do it live. Yep. I don't know why he didn't come on live. I sent him the link. He was able to fucking redo the video. Yeah. <laughs> he uh -huh. just come on live. Anyways, um, all right. So he uh, was I, alphabetizing I, his Betamax tapes. <laughs> <laughs> no time. Did you guys give scores for this uh, game? I, I, if so, I missed it. Please repeat. I'll say nineteen sixteen Bears. Okay, so you got a close defensive struggle. Ugly and, game, yeah. Yeah, this sounds like a nail biter, ugly game. Fuck, Dan, why are you doing this to me? Like probably two turnovers with both teams. Mm -hmm. You know, just penalties. You know, probably the Bears will be down at one point, and everyone will be like, "Oh my God, we're going to lose to the Texans." Oh my God, is right. And then come through in the end, and it'll be like, so what? You beat the Texans. Doesn't matter. You suck. Retro just had a bad game, folks. Yeah, he'll that's right. Back. He'll be so, back next week. <laughs> what was the worst TV show of the 70s or 80s? Because that's what Retro just <laughs> sent us. <laughs> <laughs> really bad episode of. Uh, the facts of life. <laughs> uh, two that the worst what was that, uh, Dan? I said I wouldn't call the facts of life the worst show from the seventies or eighties. No, I, I just that was the first thing that popped in the head. Who did you jerk off to in the facts of life, Dan? I, was, I wasn't beaten off yet on the facts of life. I was like five in the facts of life round. I was like, Dick, what's a dick? I don't know. <laughs> I call this my pee pee or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tooch, I know we're going to talk about gambling when uh, Dan leaves in uh, about 10 minutes or so, but give yeah. me a score for this Bears Texas game. What's the well, score? Yeah, yeah it's just about this game. Uh, it was open Bears minus three. It's down to Bears minus two and a half, which means there's a little bit of Texans money coming in. Uh, oh. Opened a total of 39, been bet up to 40 and a half, which means people like the over in this mm -hmm. game, at least uh, for the for the time being. So, I'll say uh, Bears 23, uh, Lovey 19. Ooh. So you got a 19 just like Dan's got a 19, but Dan has that yeah. as the highest score. You've got that as a losing score. I don't understand what you guys are, you know, why you have it so close. Um, this should be an easy win for the Chicago Bears. Didn't you watch Sunday night's game? <laughs> These are the Texans we're talking about. We're not talking about the Packers. Yeah. We're, but we're still talking about the Bears, though. <laughs> Jordan says 28-21. Go ahead. I think Lovey could win this game, man. I mean, the, they have a decent running back, you know, Damian Pierce and uh, uh, Brandon Cooks. Man, that guy's a perennial 1,000-yard receiver. You've got uh, O.J. Howard, who seems to be reborn there. And then, you know, Davis Mills, Justin Fields. I mean, there's not – they're kind of both in the growing pain stage of their quarterback careers. And then defenses, you know, kind of similar, you know, right? This It should be a pretty close game. That's why the Lions only three opened at three. 
And we're going to be wearing those awful uniforms from 1936. Oh, really? Uh, no, really? I, uh. With those socks, you know? Ah, I hate those. Yeah. Those are the horizontal is, striped socks. Yeah, it looks like Michigan's helmet. Right. Ugh. Right. This is the best uh, score I've seen. Tin, tin Pan Dog, 26-12. I like that. I like that number. I don't care if the Bears win two to nothing. I mean, I, I yeah. hope that they win, you know, some 28-7 to seven score or whatever. But if you told me they got a safety and that's all and they won 2-0 – like a, a Walter score from 1978. Fuck it, man. A win is a win is a win. Yeah. Don't let oh. fields get hurt, and I'm happy. The win will put us in at least a tie for first with some other team. Hopefully not the Lions, but. Yeah, I I I don't like the idea of winning ugly. I mean, I'll take those wins, of course. But like I say at the beginning of the show, you know, I'm going to be miserable all week. I want them to win with, like, like the good teams in the, in the league win decisively or if even if it's a close game, it's an exciting game because both teams are playing well. I understand where we are in the evolution scale of this new uh, leadership. Uh, so I, I don't expect perfection now, but I'd like to see it. You know, I, 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 if we went two to nothing, I, I'm, I'm not going to be happy by that. Offensive scores? What the fuck? Either way, that's what I'm saying. I'll take a victory, but please let me praise uh, Brianna for using vociferous. Oh, where she, where she did that? Yeah, she said that it would be vociferous uh, clapping from the crowd or something to that effect. That's a, that's a very nice use of the word. Yeah, very nice. Brianna. You sure you don't know her? Uh, I've got a girlfriend, so no, I didn't bring anybody in the room. I'm not asking if she's your girlfriend. I'm asking. No, if no, no, I, I, no, I don't know her. I swear. <laughs> Tooch, is she one of your side things? Not yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to date Brad. <laughs> Ah, that's what happens in a bar. That's what that, that's why yeah. we call it the ballroom. <laughs> Jordan is uh, sharing a couple of thoughts here. What was that one that I got rid of? Uh, where was it? Derek Stingley? What the hell is Derek Stingley coming? Yeah, it's a Texans rookie uh, defensive back. Okay, the son of Daryl Stingley. God, how, you sure it's not his grandson? Yeah, really. It's got to be. Carter was president. I'd have to. Uh, Jack, Tatum, uh, Jack Tatum paralyzed him in a preseason game in 78. Yeah. That's right. So his grandson. Then, yeah. yeah, it's got to be his grandson. Yeah. If, if Derek Stingley is still fucking <laughs> 20 years after, after he got paralyzed, and that's a fucking medical yeah. miracle. Grandson, I know that, yeah. Grandson, thank you, no man. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Dan, we got you for five minutes. If you've seen anything in the boob tube that uh, you want to share with people, I told you that Wal the Walter, uh, if anyone has yeah, channel it's epics, it's worth watching. Okay, the Walter, I watched Walter and John Madden's. Uh, the show's called uh, NFL Icons. Uh, Walters is about 50 minutes. Madden's is more like 54, 55 minutes. But it was, again, it was fun watching both of them. The rest of them are like people I just don't give a fuck about. It's like Troy Aikman and 
Jimmy Johnson. I'm like, oh God, like count me the fuck out. Like, who cares? What about anything like a movie or TV show or anything? Um, I watched because uh, I was making it for someone else uh, uh, for Jenny. I watched the reboot of Quantum Leap last night. The oh, the new reboot. Yeah, yeah I didn't Quantum even reboot. know there was one. How is it? Yeah, it was on uh, NBC. Well, I can't TV. give any spoilers because I'm making it for her and she's listening. So, uh, where but can this, we find it? We're not asking. Uh, it's on. Spoilers. It's on NBC. It's on the network. Yeah, we're not asking for spoilers. We're asking, did you like it? Yes, for a first episode, I, I liked it. And they acknowledge Scott Bakula and, and the, his sidekick that died in real life. I can't think of his name. Dean Jones. Yeah, they acknowledge both of them and, and say that Scott Bakula was lost and never made it back. So it gives you hope mm. that maybe by the end of the season, maybe they find him too. Uh, and they acknowledge that the program cool. had been shut down since 1995. And uh, the things that are happening are in 2022. But again, beyond that, I don't want to give any spoilers. But if you like the original show, the first episode was pretty good. It was it was okay. Yeah. Uh, for those who nice. have never seen Quantum Leap, it's this guy uh, goes from retro Skylo. He's, he's still, he might, <laughs> he's got some more Oh, well, that's from before. <laughs> yeah. The retro, <laughs> you know, we just tried playing it and you bored the shit out of us for. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <Or retro. laughs> He's got another one, Aldo. We load it up. No, no, no. <laughs> it up, retro. Uh, <laughs> so the the original show with Scott Bakula, he plays a guy who is time traveling and going for you know the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. He's trying to change history and trying to change people's lives from uh, uh, different eras. So he's in some kind of time machine cycle that he can't get out of, right? And the Dean Jones character, what was he trying to do? Was he trying to help him through this? Do you guys remember? Yeah, was they trying to help navigate him through each individual mission because I think the mission, if it were fulfilled, then maybe the idea was he would cycle back home. They could figure out to bring him back. Okay. Which is a similar story in in the new one, which again I won't spoil anymore. But mm -hmm. they can't get him back, you know. So, yeah, here's a show that I I, I actually recorded. And want to see American Gigolo? It is with I forgot the name of the actor, but he was in the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead. He's been in a number of movies. He's a really good actor, and uh, he is playing the Richard Gere role from the original movie American Gigolo. He's playing uh, John John Bernthal. That's him. Very good. He's in everything. Um, it's like you can't. Yeah, he's, 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 he's in. He, yeah, he's he's in like everything. You can't didn't sell he film in with Gigolo, American Gigolo? Didn't he go to jail? It had a bad ending, didn't it? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, but this is a, a total reworking of it. And in fact, they've. It, it's not at all like the movie. It they've taken some liberties from that. So and we saw Richard's cock in it, if you recall. <laughs> Oh, well, I didn't recall that, but uh, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I, I was the body one. double for that, although. Probably, probably. <laughs> that was probably one of the first Hollywood films where they showed this, the movie star's uh, cock, huh? Here's the question. I got to go, but here goes as I leave you. Honest opinion. Do you think that rumor about Richard Gere masturbating with the rodent in his ass is true? No, I don't think so. 
I don't think Probably so. Just not. like the Rod Stewart one where he passes out on stage and they they pumped his stomach and there were like 10 gallons of semen came out of him. I not heard that at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that was around big time 20 years ago. No, I don't believe that about – I think uh, that happened to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers dropped Take him to the blue tent and that's all right. We have to have a we have to have some kind of tent so the people can't see this that what's happening here. By the way, last week we 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 said some jokes about Aaron Rodgers and his homosexuality, and some guy named Hidden Gems came after me and said, You're a sad human being. What happened to you? What, that you that you have to say all these uh, homosexual jokes and and uh, and that you want you you applauded the fact that that girl from Game of Thrones is of age. What kind of a person are you? And so I responded back saying, Yeah, well, I, my my father was an abusive alcoholic. He used to beat the shit out of me and my mom. My stepfather was a drug dealer and so forth. So I've had a rough life. And and he says that's no excuse. You should really 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 reconsider. You know how you talk on these shows. And so I wrote back and say, man, you're making sense, man. Would you be my spiritual counselor? And then he writes back. <laughs> then he writes back saying. You know what? I would consider it. If you're serious, I would consider uh, talking to you. <laughs> the very first show that we did of Bear Their Souls, the very first one, it went to YouTube and some guy was like, I could have, uh, I've just, I, I was watching the show. I liked it until they started all these the stories about how they got pussy as kids and like, I can't watch it anymore. I mean, it's like, it, that was the whole point of the show was like to, to talk about just growing up and how the bears impacted you along the way. I mean, what are you doing along the way? You know, like, are you celibate when you're watching the bears? That's right. You yep. know, there's a lot of other bear shows you can listen to. Obviously this one isn't the one for hidden gems in that. Other guy. <laughs> All right, man, get out of here and go save some lives. How, how was, how's been uh, the job at nine one one? Has it been busy lately? Are people oh, aging the streets? The last shift that I worked literally Saturday into Sunday, we had a shooting with a gentleman that was flown out, had a CPS case. We had a car accident and had four people arrested. And that was with eight, within eight hours. Wow. Jesus. Oh, I forgot Danny. Uh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech this weekend. Is that who they're playing? Yeah. Uh, West Virginia uh, don't in, in Blacksburg. Don't watch college football. Don't care. Like, if you told me Tech won all their games, good. If West Virginia won all their games, good. Don't care. But uh, – Who's gonna win? Don't know. Don't care. <laughs> you haven't. You don't have any inside information from your contacts out, yeah. out there. I didn't even know they were playing. It's about <laughs> time. That's part of the reason I hate college football. Like this is like the first time in over a decade West Virginia played Pittsburgh, and like they're right there together. It's like you know if you had interleague play and the Cubs didn't play the White Sox. It's like why yeah. would you skip that matchup? It's like why college football so corporate. That West Virginia can't play Pittsburgh, and they haven't played Tech in a bunch of years either, which is a short drive. And and now, but they can go to Texas or Iowa like four times a season, which is obviously like nobody can go to the game unless you fly. But you can't play your local teams. It's the college is a bunch of shit. They always talk about oh, it's uh, it's not corporate like the NFL. Everything about college football is corporate. Like I said, you can't even play your fucking natural rivals. I totally fucking agree with you. It's unbelievable. By the way, Foster Covers wants to uh, correct me. He said there was three ounces of cum in his stomach. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, it was back in the seventies. <laughs> it was back in the seventies. Yeah, I was wrong. It wasn't three gallons. It was three ounces. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, Dan, get out of here and Bye, uh, we'll talk to you during the week, okay? I'll, on my last note, I always thought the Rod slayed some pussy, though. Like, I thought Rod Stewart was he bi? I thought Rod was like a ladies' man. I've never, I, I've never understood that rumor because I've never heard stories that he was gay or anything like that. I, I think he was lame. Yeah, he was one of these guys, the girls would take their panties off and, like, throw them at him and shit, you know? Yep. Maybe it was... Pussy juice that they pumped out. <laughs> hey, oh, no. Last one, and I got to go. Last thing I did see about two or three weeks ago that uh, I could recommend for you, I could recommend that new Elvis movie. Oh, oh I saw mine. it. The I Baz saw it. Yeah, I, I I'm not a huge Elvis fan, but it was an excellent film. Yeah, it yes. was great. That was the one I, I was going to bring up. We've, we've all seen it, and we all give it thumbs up, so go out there and watch it. It's on HBO Max, and uh, but if you get a chance to watch it in a big screen, it's it's definitely <laughs> St. Omni is right. I, I, you know what? My really? brother is a huge Elvis Presley fan, and so because of that, I purposely bitch about Elvis being a fake. You, you hate everything that your brother likes, if you notice that. <laughs> That's the plan, yes, but really, I do like Elvis. I think he's okay, oh, yeah. but my my brother overpraises him and then anybody that you know wants to throw panties at elvis that's just fucking ridiculous to me it's a shame like that movie really shows how exploited he was though mm -hmm. i mean by that that colonel tom colonel fucking tom whatever Parker. his name was yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. he colonel really tom believed Holmes. he really believed that guy had his best interest in him and he was just fucking him the whole time mm -hmm. it's it's really awful like in like this I mean, and then nobody, nobody around him cared enough. They're like, just as long as he's performing, we're getting paid. I mean, his death was really preventable. Oh my gosh, yes, indeed. But everybody's milking him for money, so yeah, he had nobody that cared about him at all. But anyway, on that note, I shall go. I'll leave you, gentlemen, and and drive to work. So all right, drive carefully night, and right, be well. Go Bears. That is uh, Dan McGuire. Dan McGuire, Dan Aguire. I was going to say that he is known uh, by the radio name, uh, what is it, Dan McMahon. Dan McMahon, yep. Jim McMahon. He took the name from Jimmy Mack. That is right. Yep. <laughs> Elvis had it all and was taken advantage of. You are so right, Cliff Victoria. Yeah. And it's a good bio movie on, on that. Uh, yeah. On that it's on HBO, HBO Max, I think, right? And uh, Boz Lerman, the director, is a magician. Lerman. He's a magician with a camera and, and how he tells stories. It's yeah. uh, unbelievable. You know, he's supposed to do a six-hour version for HBO Max, Tooch. No shit. Yep. Wow. Shot wow. enough footage. It was part of the agreement uh, with the financing from HBO. He's going to do a six-hour version, but and he was supposed to start on it right away, but he said he is so fucking tired right now that he needs a break, and so the anticipated uh, arrival of that six-hour version is going to probably be a year or two late because he just is is physically beat from directing that movie. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he I really like uh, love the movie, man. I, I love Baz Luhrmann's style. You know, Me it's too. kind of like uh, a big show, you know, uh, a big theater, colorful. You know, mm -hmm. there, there's always a, a sort of this uh, darkly comic uh, mm -hmm. undertones you know and uh, uh love the uh the storytelling as well man it was great and 
you know, the, the, the costumes are always fantastic. You know, uh, uh, the set design is great with it, with his, uh, it's, it's like a theater, uh, mm-hmm. coming to life, you know, as, as if it were on stage. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Highly so recommended. One of, uh, his films, uh, named Moulin Rouge with, uh, Nicole yep. Kidman yep. and, uh, Ian McGregor. It's an excellent film. A lot of Beatles, yep. uh, music in it. Uh, he's, he's just a, a visionary filmmaker. So I really recommend those films. Yeah. Got Tom Hanks in it too, you know the cast. The guy, kid who played Elvis, can't remember his name, but he was excellent. Yeah, he was so he was good, a, man. It's a very yeah. good cast, a very good performances. Um, what else have you seen, Tooch, that you like? Well, somebody, uh, this one, uh, somebody uh, brought up, asked us whether we saw Prey, which is was like a it yeah. takes place in the Predator universe. Yeah, like uh, a long, it takes place like in the or, or, or American frontier, like 19th century, late 1800s. You know, but Indians uh, encounter the uh, the predator, Native Americans. You haven't yeah, seen it. I have not. I I have it on my list, uh, yeah, so good. I definitely want to see it. Sounds really good. Yep. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen much, man, because I've been so busy lately. Um, so I can't share anything. I wish I could. Look, watching uh, House of the Dragon. I I am, but I'm two episodes behind. Okay, you got it, man. Last episode is really great, man. That's uh, what I've heard. Stuff, a lot of stuff coming together now, all those plot lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoying it, man. Yeah. I, I, I think I might like it better than, you know, it's like, I love Game of Thrones and stuff, but like they, it's like they didn't know what they were doing and stuff. They're kind of like fumbling around, and then they fucking completely blew the ending. You mm-hmm. know, here it's like, okay, they've got, you know, we're not, we're going to avoid this mistake and this mistake. They've got kind of the plot lines and plot uh sewn up nice it's you know it's uh it's tight <laughs> hey uh Tucci, i wanted to ask you a question because there's some rumors going on there's some discontent among among gamblers that you know what the fuck is going on with the nfl there were so many upsets yeah. from behind there are people actually speculating that perhaps the nfl might be fixed have you heard this no. and what's going on here man i you know uh, this weekend really kind of the, the thought crossed my mind, although because, really did it? you know, uh, for sure, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering, I, I mean, it's not like I can't picture it being a, a truth because perhaps behind the scenes, we don't know what's going on. You know, maybe the, maybe the script for the NFL season is already written, you know, it's possible. You may never know about these things, right? Yeah. And, uh, there were, there were three, actually there were four games in particular, and uh, it may, maybe it's just because I was on the other side of all four of them as far as, like, uh, the plays because I thought I handicapped the games pretty well. The first was the uh, Browns and Jets. So I had mm-hmm. Browns' first half minus three. It was 14 to seven, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, last, like, 10 seconds of the first half, uh, the Jets get a fluke touchdown, you know. And then at the end uh, of the game, it was uh, 24-17. I thought, you know, okay, I've got this game. There's a minute, 50 seconds left. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, if we, uh, the Browns play this right, you know, that that's a win for me. And uh, Nick Nick Chubb, instead of, uh, uh, if, if he would have just slid at the one-yard line, mm-hmm. they, they could have uh, kneeled three times and kicked a field goal and been up 10 nothing with 10 seconds left and no way mm-hmm. for the Jets to win. Instead, right. he goes in for the touchdown. They missed the extra point. It's 30 to 17 with a minute 40 left. 
Flacco goes all the way down, gets the touchdown, and then recover an onside kick, which is a 12% chance, according to uh, NFL stats, about 12 out of 100 times uh, a team will be successful in an onside kick. They get the onside kick, and uh, you know they go down, and they, and they get another touchdown, and they win by one point. Mm-hmm. So that was one. And then uh, the Ravens in the fourth quarter were up 28-7. to seven. You know, and then the Dolphins came back from three touchdowns. It was 35-35 goes to overtime. And, you know, the 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 Brock, uh, the, uh, what do we call it? The Ravens got a a, uh, a field goal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in overtime, then the, the Dolphins come right back with a, with a, uh, a touchdown, went 42-38. And then the Raiders, 12th in the, in the fourth quarter, they're up 20 to nothing. You know, and the the Cardinals come all the way back, force overtime, win it in overtime. And it, it's the first time that three in two thousand two hundred and twenty nine games, the first mm-hmm. time that three teams had come back from uh, in the fourth quarter from a two score or more deficit on this you know two thousand two hundred twenty nine tries. You know, almost never happens, but it happened three times last weekend. And then, of course, we talked about the Bears and Justin Fields crossing, you know, uh, the goal line to, to rob us of the backdoor cover, which we should have. You know, he was across the goal line, man, I tell you. Uh, that was four games right there, four plays that uh, kind of made me think, what the hell, man? What the hell's going on? Because, you know, Vegas obviously wants the underdogs to win because, you know, uh, the public are on uh, 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 all the time. Majority of the time, the public sides with favorites. You know, they like favorites and they like overs as far as NFL. You know, mm-hmm. play the favorites, they play the overs. So uh, uh, no one likes to play an under because of overtime. You know, the game could easily go over and you lose the bet. And then favorites, they're just like, hey, the Vegas sets a favorite. You know, that's, they think, you know, hey, that's the team that's most likely going to win. You know, mm-hmm. well, I'll tell you right now, the, the Browns are probably in a ton of parlays, money line parlays. Uh, Raiders are probably a ton of money line parlays, and and the Ravens for sure were probably in a ton of money line parlays, and they were probably a lot of people's survivor pick, you know, same yep. with the Browns and stuff. So it makes you wonder. I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna, you know, but it sure is suspicious when that happens. You know, I gotta but tell here. you, although too, yeah, the, the green room. We got somebody special in the green room. Yeah. We'll bring him in in a second. But first, I yeah. got to say, respond to your wondering if things are yeah. fixed. Don't think so. Too too many people would be in on the fix, and yeah, somebody would sure. eventually talk, right? So we know that that's not going to happen. Now, what could yeah. happen yeah. is that there are certain individuals, officials, players, yeah. that's yeah. happened. We saw it in the NHL not too long ago where there was a player or, excuse me, an NFL referee who had been gambling, and it came out. In the NBA. Yes, and in the NBA. So those kinds of things. But you can't get like, okay, uh, we got – the, uh, we got uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in. Oh, yeah, and I got the, the guy over at the Commanders in. Uh, you know, or I got the guy over – You know, it, it can't – that kind of global conspiracy in the NFL is just not going to happen. Now, let's get Retro's uh, point of view because he has joined us here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the godfather of the Facebook page for the Barroom Network and my buddy, Retro. What's happening, brother? From another mother. Hey, Retro. Can you hear me? 
I can hear you, man. Good ASMR. Man. <sighs> that stupid video. Can he turn it up a little bit? Yeah, no, I'll turn him up. Don't don't okay. touch anything. Don't I got a microphone anything. down here, but you didn't. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm gonna right. <laughs> I'm gonna pump you up. Can <laughs> I don't have that's a better. headset, so um I don't know if you can hear me good. We can that's hear better, you yeah. good and and you look handsome. I'm gonna give you a close up here. Look at that. Flex for us now, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Retro, where are you from? For people who don't know you, where are you from? Uh, we're currently in um, Lewis, Delaware. It's the first city of the in the first state, but mm -hmm. originally Jersey City, New Jersey, where Jim McMahon is from. Wow. Tooch, could you tell from his accent that he's from Jersey City? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Hey, <laughs> you'll, you'll hear it a little more. By the way, uh, uh, what does ASMR stand for? Retro, I don't know. It's something about some low volume sexual deviancy. I don't know. Yeah, audio sexual. Uh, I mean, people actually more, get uh, experience with it than I am, Aldo. Oh my gosh, trust me, I have tried to get into it, you know, because everybody's like. Oh, this is a new thing to get off. It's like, yeah, um, yeah, no, that's, okay. That, that that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm vanilla. So. <laughs> now, getting back to before, I was half asleep, and then I heard retro. You know, I was having the weirdest dream. It was like a Tuang Fu with uh -huh. you three guys, and I was like, somebody wake me up! Somebody wake me up! Please let me get out of this. And then I heard retro, and I, I woke up, and then you were gonna play that video I, a clip I sent, and then it's stupid audio. <laughs> so then I woke up, and I was trying to fix it and fix it. I think I got it fixed, but maybe it's too loud, too low. I don't know. But um, you did bring up a a good point, and I have been saying that the NFL is a little bit more WWE than we'd like to admit. Ooh. Some of it is scripted. There's yeah. no way about it. If even this last game, right? Luke Getzey only runs the ball. I mean, passes the ball with Justin Fields eleven times mm -hmm. in four quarters. That's less than three a quarter, right? This guy is not his first game. He started twelve plus games last year, last week thirteen. Now this week fourteen. I think it was a little bit payback to the Green Bay Packers for allowing him to go to Chicago or giving him his opportunity to be offensive coordinator. There's no reason why. And even Fields said it in his um, after-the-game uh, interview. He said, I only execute the plays that are, play are called, and I do the best of my ability to make them happen. And he said that over and over and over again. So he was letting us know that he was controlled. Don't do this, don't do that, keep it short. There was one play where Equinemia St. Brown was open. He he changed the route, he did the, hey, I'm open, and he was open, and you can see Fields was looking at him. And then he threw it down to the check down to Montgomery for eight yards. With Justin Fields' arm and his accuracy with the deep ball, why didn't he try that ball? There it wouldn't have been intercepted. It would have either been overthrown or caught. So 
to me, it, I'm thinking the NFL is fixing a little bit of this. More for the damn Green Bay Packers over and over and over again. It's not the Bears versus the Packers. It's the Bears versus the Packers and the refs. And the refs are controlled by the NFL. So there is no reason why Chicago can, over 30 years, Aaron Rodgers, he's got like five balls. Aaron Rodgers got five losses. Uh, Brett Favre got like eight. Now, over 30 years, you got less than 20 losses. That doesn't make no damn sense. Uh oh. Exile. There you go. Are you guys crazy? Are you guys seeing Martians and stuff? Come on. No, you know who sees Martians? Uh, or UFOs? Oh, uh -huh. God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's like he's Aaron Rodgers. Are you on ayahuasca or something like that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I haven't tried it, but uh, I won't try it with uh, Aaron Rodgers because you know, know <laughs> what he wants to ooh, turn uh, around. But you be the center. Uh -uh. Come on, you can't believe that there is a uh, a league wide conspiracy of cheaters going on that just can't happen man no individual stuff yeah but not not a, a coordinated uh cheating scandal no way what was it brian flores he was said he was paid or offered a hundred grand to throw the games in miami mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it might not be low level it might be high level like you're gonna be the manager or offensive coordinator you sign ndas you don't say nothing about it um, Luke Gessie told Fields, don't go deep. Let's keep it short. Let's keep it simple. Let's crawl before we run. You know? Yeah. And, Pete Rozelle killed JFK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we know who did that one. <laughs> yeah, Ted Cruz's father. <laughs> it wasn't Ted Cruz's father. It was George Bush's was father. Woody Harrelson's dad, I thought. Prescott Bush did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Bushes were in on it. Um, Senior Bush. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to get into that stuff. But, uh, I mean. Yeah, because if we're going to talk about Bush here, uh, Dan wants to be involved because he loves big uh, bushes. <laughs> yeah, he might he, he might be listening to this on the way to work, and he might have to pull over. <laughs> He's thinking about Barbara Bush, her big old white bush. It looks like Lovey Smith's beard. <laughs> oh well done <laughs> no come on let's let's get off that there's no way that that is happening at the nfl tooch and retro you know, make good cases yeah. but i just can't refuse to believe can't, nothing we can prove you know i mean just wonder if like well, well that's the thing it's yeah, it's perhaps. um misdirection you know it's here um, information it is it's kind of what the government does they almost like fake news. I was like, I don't believe that. And then holding the the fields didn't pass the goal line. Obviously, everybody saw that. But you know what? Uh, mm -hmm. Don't look here. Look over there. Let's let's get to the commercial break. Let's do this quick. You know, there's, there's just too much. We're don't all holding on the Packers tonight, fellas. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. You didn't see that. Don't look there. Look over here. You know, um, <laughs> you know. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent. But it's a little more than we, you know, let's think about it. 70s and 80s, WWF. No one thought it was fake. We might have thought some of it was fake or scripted or something like that. Now, they are professional athletes. There's no doubt about it. What they do is real. 
it may be scripted, but they are professional athletes. Um, but, you know, is it scripted in the NFL? Do they not intentionally set the schedules for certain teams to win at certain times? I think they do. You know, um, the 2018 Bears, they they should they were last place team 2017, 2018. They played the last place schedule. They were better than the last place and they overachieved. And then 2019, 2020, they came back crashing down to earth. And I think that's going to happen again with Chicago next year. They're going to play either a third or fourth place schedule. They're going to have all that money. They're going to get those free agencies and then they're going to play a week schedule and they're going to look better than they are. There's a saying in the NFL, you're not as good as you think you are and you're not as bad as you think you are. So I, I think that's going to happen. And um, what better way to do it and you, as Green Bay is going down, you're moving on up. Wow. That's an interesting theory. Uh, do you read a lot of conspiracy books? No, <laughs> that's the funny <laughs> thing. I'm not a big conspiracy guy. But when you see it over and over and over again, 30-plus years of the same script. This game Sunday was just a replay. I don't know if you – Dan would probably know. He could probably tell you, you know what, that game reminded me of 1997 Chicago against Green Bay, you know, or something to that effect. It just over and over again the same story. How do you go punch for punch, they score, you score. Then after that, you look like crap. What, what happened? Why didn't you not at least, you know, do better? It, it doesn't make sense. You're running the ball at 8.8 yards a clip with Montgomery, and yet you still can't throw the ball? That running game should have opened up that pass game like uh, a barn gate, you know, open it up wide. And the worst runner of the three was Fields. Herbert ran well. Fields ran the worst. He, I think he had eight runs for like 20 yards. That's Fields. He's faster than all of them. Do you believe <laughs> that Roger Goodell was behind 9-11? No. <laughs> but if you watch those things, <laughs> you, get, you get me down rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> building number seven shouldn't have went down. You know, I was in Jersey City when that happened. I was in school, and the school was on a hill, and it overlooked Manhattan. Uh -huh. And I ran home and I was watching the TV and I saw the needle of the one tower and I could look back to the TV and look out the window, look back to the TV. And then I'm looking at the TV and the needle goes down and I look back out the window and no more needle. So it, it, if I had seen it stayed at the school, I would have seen the total collapse. But Ooh. but no, building number seven should never have went down. It never got hit and never that was controlled. Wow. Well, I'd like to have you back on the show because this is a topic that Dan Aguirre is very, oh, yeah. very passionate about. You guys could talk about that for fucking hours. Forever. Yeah, no, no. I've I've heard his uh Lee Harvey Oswald stuff, and I'm I'm down with that. There was two of them, um, almost like a doppelganger. And they were like, Oh, I saw that guy over here. No, you saw what the government wanted you to see. Mm. You know, how, um, how did but, Retro uh, find the bar room? Uh, from the tape never lies, um, with with Phil. Mm -hmm. He, um, I, it, I watched those videos and then I seen it and then I, I watched the um, with uh, Aldo, Shane, and, and Phil. 
one hundred. I, I love that. And then he, you know, Craig Braggs was in there, and I would uh, I'd rag on Braggs, <laughs> just like everybody <laughs> else. I jump on him, and I, I love Greg. Um, I love those other guys. I love you guys. You know, so uh, it, it was a little bit heartbreaking to me um, when you know you guys had to go your own way. Um, but you know, you, now you got two families or three families. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, I would wish everybody else well, and you know, we are where we are. So, um, you know, uh, I love Dan Santucci. Hey, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> How's the blue pill? Is it kicking in yet? Not yet. <laughs> tomorrow night. <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, that's why you make appointments tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> you got to schedule it on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, and I mean, um, for, for a few years now, you know, I mean, I've been avid. Uh, Dan and Aldo is my favorite show. So, um, you know, and then slowly uh, I got into it. I got with Aldo, and then we are where we are right now. Retro runs our Facebook page. And, again, for those of you who frequent uh, Facebook, you should uh, stop over at the Barroom Networks page and interact with Retro. Uh, he's posting cool videos. He interacts with people. Yeah. Make sure you do that. You can talk to him about, you know, fucking conspiracy theories, too. <laughs> By the way, uh, <laughs> uh, somebody here said something. Uh, by the way, oh, Nomad uh, said that Vince, <laughs> Vince Lombardi <laughs> did Jimmy Hoffa. Anybody want to weigh in on that? Because I've heard this story before. <laughs> Lombardi I don't was know this story. Lombardi was very, very unhappy with the Teamsters and the uh, uh, the union in uh, Detroit. You know, he thought that they were helping the Detroit Lions uh, cheat at football games. And so Lombardi just took it upon himself to whack Jimmy Hoffa and bury him in some football field. Have you guys ever heard that? I never no, heard that. never heard that. Yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> I was gonna say Hoffa did a horrible job. Why would you kill him? <laughs> no he shit. Helping the lions. <laughs> he might still be alive if he is. <laughs> There's a Vince Lombardi rest stop in um, New Jersey, and maybe Hoffa's buried there. Oh my gosh, is that true? Because I've heard that that there is a Vince Lombardi. Because yeah. wasn't he born in Jersey or somewhere? I, I believe he was. I believe he he used to be. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was. Uh, he grew up in the Giants organization. Then he went to Green Bay, became a coach. Yeah. Then after that, I, I think he went to Washington. Now let me ask you two guys this: Does it bother bother you like it bothers me that the Super Bowl winning championship is named after Vince Lombardi and it's not after George Hallis. No, there, there was an agreement, if I'm not mistaken, because you had, um, I think it was Lamar Hunt from yep. Kansas City, and he was like the George Hallis of the AFL. Mm -hmm. And then you had um, uh, George Hallis of the NFL. So they had an agreement when they merged. So they had to have like an impartial or on you know to make it even you know let's separate the title um away from lamar hunt or george hallis and so they come up with lombardi that doesn't make sense to me that lombardi had nothing to do with the afl i know, you know? but it, it's more of an ego thing um if they didn't do that maybe lamar hunt wouldn't have joined because at the time the afl was probably going to take over they had the better football they had a exciting league 
And so they said, well, let's uh, agree on certain things and let's not, let's not make um, divisive decisions. So let's keep it. AFL is Lamar Hunt championship. NFL, I mean, NFC is George Hallis. So they had, who can they name the Super Bowl? So Lombardi at that time. And, you know, he was beloved, I guess, by both sides. Who knows? And so what they, have you heard? What have you heard about? I haven't heard this, but that sounds plausible to me. All right. So here's what I've heard. What, was that, the Packers the first uh, Super Bowl champions? Though? Yes, they were. Yeah. So maybe it was after they won the first championship, they'd. You know, well, the, the reason the, why they named it the Lombardi Trophy, according to what I heard, is actually I heard it from somebody in the chat room when I complained about this a year ago, is that Lombardi got cancer and that in honor of his uh, premature death, his early death, that's why they named it the Lombardi Trophy. And so they, at the same time, then said, well, we'll name the NFC Trophy after Hallis and the AFC Trophy after Lamar Hunt. That's that's what I heard. That the compromise was because because Lombardi got sick. That that's why they named it. Uh, Cliff says uh, Hallis and Lombardi had mutual respect for each other. Lombardi could have been Bears coach if Hallis had been willing to step down. Yeah, I heard that too, Cliff. I heard that too. But I I, I don't know if if uh, Retro's uh, story is correct. But what I what I heard and it sort of makes more sense to me that it was because of Lombardi's sickness that they named it. I still say bullshit. The George Hallis is the founder of the National Football League. The AFL merged with the NFL. It's not called the NAFL. It's not called the AFL. It's called the National Football League because they were the league with the strongest influence, the biggest, bigger TV contracts, and blah, blah, blah. And so because of that, the guy who founded the league, and kept the fucking Packers alive by loaning them money and shit like that. It's George Hallis. That trophy should be named after George Hallis or fucking name it something else, you know? Fucking name it Retro, the Retro Super Bowl tr trophy. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. I like the ring. <laughs> I'll take a smoke from this every time they say it. Retro, do you gamble? Not really, no. Well, that's too bad because Tooch is going to talk about some of his best bets right now. So. <laughs> well, I, I watched some of uh, Tooch's thing, and uh, I'm right with him. Which is? what? Which what? is broke. <laughs> 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 if, if you're watching that video at the end, I, I joke on all three of you. Um, I, I say, hey, uh, Aldo, I, I hear you like nine inches. I mean, nine inch nails. Yeah, the group. <laughs> and then, uh, um, let me see. Uh, the Tooch one, I said, hey, Tooch, I got a hundred bucks. I got two zeros. I'm trying to make them into three. Give me your best pick. <laughs> I, I can't think of the Aldo one. Um, I can't think of it right now, but oh, if, if you ever get a chance to watch that video. It's I will. I promise you I will. Uh, but we're definitely not going to play it tonight. <laughs> now, um, not to say I'm not adverse to betting. I'm in Delaware, and they do have um, yeah. online betting. Yeah, DraftKings and, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, no, they, you can go to some of the stores. You could go to the casinos, and you can do parlay bets mm -hmm. for the NFL. Um, yeah. You can do online poker and stuff like that, which, you know, I don't do too well with that. But. Um, yeah, the football stuff, I, I used to do it um, with the bookies and stuff like that as a, a teenager. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down, you know, uh, three-team. I don't know all those 
teasers and all that stuff. But, you know, I'll pick a three-teamer or four-teamer and, and go with that. Um, you know, uh, but, yeah, no, I, hey, if you can win me money, I'm down. All right. We're in some money right now, too. Come yeah. on, too. Come Give on. Some advice. Tell us at least, like, stay away from this or focus on that. You know, like, That's for instance, I lost a lot of money with parlays because the first time I started betting, I, I hit on some parlays. I made a couple hundred bucks, and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. this, man. I'm a parlay yeah. genius. And then all of a sudden, my $200 investment, which I had That's up to $1,200, came down to $50 because yeah. of fucking parlays. Well, that being said, yeah. similar to that, I would, I would do that with crypto. I would do that with, like, Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and uh, Cardano. I would... Uh, um, buy high, sell low. <laughs> I think I was doing it wrong. <laughs> so, I, so I would buy, and then the prices would drop. It was like amazing. It was like, wow, look at it go down. And then I'd sell, and then it go back up, and then I buy again. And it, I said, yeah. what? what the? I'm like chasing my own tail and losing a lot of money in the process. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tooch, give me a three or four team parlay, and I'll play Man. it this week, and I, twenty I, bucks on that. I. I I learned the hard way that like parlay is like the fastest way to lose your bankroll, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I usually just straight wager, you know? Yeah. I, that that's way that's how Delaware gets you. Bro. Yep, Delaware yep, won't yep. allow the straight, you know, they, yep. the three team parlay is like a minimum. So they don't like, they got to. I mean, does Delaware have DraftKings? Should be able to um, wager just on one single bet. I never heard. I of know that. a few years ago, uh, my my friend was in Jersey, and we would play FanDuel, and I would mm-hmm. tell him what to play, and he'd bet it in Jersey. Um, you couldn't do it in Delaware for whatever, but that was a few years ago. So maybe that's allowed now. I, I'd have to yeah. look into it. But yeah, give me some good picks. I'll like look usually, into DraftKings FanDuel. Yeah, usually if. Uh, if I were doing parlays, it would be like five or ten bucks only, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, just... nothing big, you know. Maybe ten bucks to uh, like a three team and ten bucks and a four team, maybe another ten. Just you know, shits and giggles. Yeah, if I were looking it's at the Bears game, though, I'm, I'm with Aldo. I think the under in this game is a good bet. Mm-hmm. The two offense, two offenses that are struggling, two pretty good defense, two defensive coaches. I mean, already been been bet up a little bit i thought we said right aldo right yeah it's, it's already gone up to 40 and a half i think Ooh. i might take the under i like the under in that in that game okay that sounds good uh no man that's seconds. some advice for your retro he says that tuccini will turn you into a hairy leg hooker for <laughs> <laughs> I'll be working that corner hard, you know. There's, there's yeah, a yeah. I, I'm told. <laughs> our, yeah. our man Dan Aguirre loves that those hairy bushes. He probably loves hairy legs too. Do you remember the old Steve Martin joke? Her, uh, she was so hairy. I went down to pet her cat, and it was the hair on her legs. Oh no, no, I don't know that one. <laughs> I know the Mary, Mary, quite contrary, trimmed that pussy so damn hairy. <laughs> oh. The, uh, the dice man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jersey Swim. guy, right? Uh, no, yeah. I think his uh, name is his real name is something like Andrew Silverstein or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a Jewish, right? Isn't yeah, it, Jewish isn't he from guy Jersey, from New though? York. He's from New York. I I think so. Don't quote it, but yeah, Andrew, something like that. Andrew Silverstein and uh, the dice man is a character he created. It was a good one. Yeah. Fucking very, very popular. I mean, this guy sold out Madison Square Garden multiple times. Yeah. 
You know, he, <laughs> he took the mantle, say, from Richard Pryor to Eddie Murphy to him. And then comedy hasn't been the same. I maybe Dane Cook a little bit, but then um, there's very few who really consistently sell out major stadium. Oh, not stadium, but arenas like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Chris Rock, um, Dave Chappelle, you know, a few, maybe nobody else. Swanky is upset that he turned in so late. And I got to tell you, Swanky, you got to go back and listen to the first three hours of the show because it's some of the best stuff that we've ever done, particularly uh, my breakdown of the 10 plays that fucked up the Chicago Bears against Green Bay Packers. All right, to yeah. give us some uh, betting advice, I want to get out of here. Of course, you guys can go as late as you want, um, but I've got to uh, – yeah, I, I gotta, gotta get out of here too. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Straight, straight wagers. Don't parlay too much. You won't lose your bankroll. Uh, you know, you don't have to bet every game. You know, that's another good tip. Uh, and then NFL, NFL is probably the hardest game to to, to want to bet on. Man, it's so fucking hard. But uh, it is for me, so I, part of the season. Yeah. But I think it's gonna get easier as the season I hope goes. So. Yeah, I hope so. I. I uh, I did. I was two and two last night, uh, and then on uh, Sunday I was two five and one. I had one new client, and he was like, "You killed me." I was like, "Dude, sorry." Yesterday I was nine and three in college football. You just, you know, we. Ha- I was on the other end of those three bad beats. I mean, that just happens. You know, yeah. could I could have very easily have been five five two and one. You know, mm-hmm. so but uh, yeah, college football. Like uh, college football, man. We got a game going on with the White Sox and Guardians, man. For the for, White Sox are trying to get into the playoffs, although uh, I know that first place Guardians is bottom of the tenth, five to five. Let's get another run. Jose uh, Breu just drove in to tie it. Oh wow! And and the ninth or the tenth? It's in the bottom of the tenth now. I've been watching it kind of a little bit here because I I took the White Sox tonight. You know, just money line. Just thought it would be a good bet with Dylan Cease. You know. been checking the score, you know, I didn't play, didn't play a ton of, you know, and it's not one of my huge bets. I haven't found a good uh, bet like the chiefs, you know, I gave out the chiefs last week for Aldo and, and uncle Mike. That mm-hmm. was my, that was my big bet. I knew that was a winner, yep. uh, but yeah, I, I I'll take the under in the Texans bears. I think that's a good play under 40 and a half mm-hmm. uh, to Thursday night. I like under in the West Virginia, Virginia tech game. I also like West Virginia to cover the three. I mean, they have a much better defense than uh, both teams are defensive, but Virginia, West Virginia is a lot better, man. Uh, like Virginia Tech's quarterback, West Virginia's got a better quarterback. Uh, the front seven of West Virginia are pretty good defensively. They've lost uh, bad beats, close two close games. West Virginia's lost uh, one, I think, on a pick six, and the other on a fumble. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I uh, I'll take a West Virginia and the under. Thank you, old horn. Thursdays and also like the under in the Coastal Carolina and uh, Georgia State game. Um, that's Thursday night college football. Thursday night football. I don't think I'd play the. I don't like either of those teams that are playing Pittsburgh and and Cleveland. I'd have to say if I were gonna bet that game, I'd take the Steelers just because I think the coaches on the Browns suck. And hmm. I like Mike Tomlin. The Browns are the Browns are terrible coaches. Yeah, they do. We have oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. They blew, they blew that. They blew a thirteen point lead in the fourth quarter with like a minute, minute four, minute forty left, one hundred seconds. Oh wait a minute, 13. did they blow it or did Goodell order? <laughs> what do you say, retro? No, uh, the NFL non fixed league. 
Not fixed. Not fixed. <laughs> league. What do you, What do you think about what Cliffs is saying about Thursday games being sucking for betting? Have you heard that, or do you agree with that, or, or, or what? I know that Thursday games have gotten a lot of heat for a lot of different things, but yeah, usually more, they suck. Usually they suck, right, for yeah. for viewing, but lately they've been pretty damn good. Yeah, I, this week you got the Browns and Steelers. So two teams, I, I mean. I, oh, Trubisky. Yeah, you got Mitch. Uncle Michael probably putting his money behind Mitch. Uh, By the way, breaking news. Did you hear this today? Mitch Trubisky was asked about calling audibles, and he, he said, I'm not allowed to call audibles. We're working on that. Holy fuck. I mean, you're basically saying the coaches think I'm stupid, so I can't call audibles, which is something that happened here in Chicago, too. So Uncle Mike is going to hear it from me this Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Yeah. Bears early, Bears search. Yeah, Zach's I mean, right. I was on the other side of that one. Too. Yeah, six years in. I mean, come on. You you know, he got 50-plus starts, and you can't call an audible. Thank you, you know exactly what – you know, the defense is doing, and you say, I'm going to hand the ball off, but I know if I don't hand it off, I got some open somewhere. But you have to hand the ball off knowing that it's going to be dead. And you can't call audible? They, they might as well just give it to Trubisky then. You know, you're not doing him no good. Let him be a career backup somewhere and, and get it over with. You know, well, pull I, the mandate off. Be a career backup in Pittsburgh. They're going to put this other kid in there. Yeah. Uh, so I bet you it'll be Week three or week four? Yeah, he's, he, I don't know. I think Pittsburgh will give him a little more shot. But, I mean, that that is disheartening right there. If you got that much experience and they won't let you call it audible, that that what do you even play him for? Get mm -hmm. it over with. You know, just throw in, pick it, and, and be done with it. You know what I mean? Thank you. I agree. What do you think, Tooch? Uh, man, I, I initially I had thought that would be a really competitive division, you know, the AFC mm -hmm. North. You know, then, of course, you have Deshaun Watson suspension. Cleveland, I thought, would have a really good defense. You know, they couldn't stop anybody on Sunday. Pittsburgh, you think, okay, you know, they, they got Mitch. He can kind of make some plays. This has to be a game manager. They've got a great defense. That turned out to not be the Kansas have decent defense. They can't do anything on offense. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl loser hangover. You know, the offensive line, Joe Burrow's getting killed again. I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs. You know, I mean, they got offensive talent. Uh, and then the Ravens doesn't look like their their defense is that good anymore. The, the AFC South, man. AFC North, uh, people say AFC is the stronger division. I'm not so sure, man. Those teams – AFC South, AFC North. I don't know who's going to win the AFC North. They all suck, man. Jacksonville could win that division. They're two and zero, right? Or two one and one? I think. I was, yeah, the Colts are zero and two. They were the favorite to win the division. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Joe's got it right. Uh, Trubisky is not allowed to call audibles because the NFL is fixed. <laughs> yeah. Is that you know, who? Who had that one? <laughs> Joe Treviso. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, now that you say that, I I was saying I had a joke earlier, and I it was with the bald fuck um, for Dan. Um, I was saying, have you ever seen Luke Getzey and Matt Nagy together? Because I don't know. I, 
<laughs> you might have had Luke Getze in the closet tied up and Matt Nagy dressed like him calling that play. You're on the one-yard line. Some of those, and you yeah, go some of those plays had shotgun. But that one play, because Matt Nagy does not have a history of running the ball like Luke Getze has. And Luke Getze, like he said, I'm a quarterback. I want to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. But he's not throwing the ball enough now. It's like, no. what the fuck? He, 11 Do they not trust Justin, Justin to throw the ball? Well, that was the question posed to uh, Matt Eberflus, and he says, no, I don't think that's it. <laughs> he, that's what he said. I don't think that's it. You're like, he doesn't uh, know? No, no, that's not it. No. He's the coach, and he doesn't know. He threw four passes in the second half when they're trailing by, what, 14, 17 points? Come yeah. on. What the fuck is going yeah. on? That's, that's when you, you, you sling it. That's where the quarterback gets that garbage yardage and looks better than he, he was doing the whole game. Right. And you still ran. That, see, that, that kind of reminds me of with the uh, years ago where against Detroit, Matt Nagy, um, I think it was Jordan Howard or Montgomery. I can't remember, but they were running the ball right down their throat, and that's the famous "I didn't come here to run a T formation" or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And you were getting the eight yards per clip, and then you get down to the, maybe the five, ten yard, and you want to throw the ball. No, you keep running that ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Montgomery is getting eight point eight on the average. You you should just keep running the ball. If you said I'm gonna, we're gonna run down their throat. Why not keep running down their throat? Get that fullback in there. I don't care. Put another offensive lineman in there. You put a jumbo package in there. You just freaking go right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, you want to go five yards back and run it with your quarterback. That just doesn't make sense. You know, That's almost like where Nagy would uh, he would do that stupid little trick play to the tight end when he get hit five yards in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, a couple years ago he did that? Um, yeah. So, I mean, you get too cute. Don't get too cute. Do what made you get to where you were. You were running the ball, and you were getting it down there, and they were probably tied on that defensive line. And you just put in them jumbo. You put in an offensive lineman. I don't care if he was the fullback or a frick it. Do a ball to uh, do a refrigerated Perry. Put fucking 350-pound there and give him the ball. Thank get you. that ball in there no matter what. But, no, you want to put your quarterback uh, five yards back and then – Run it up there in the in the middle. I mean, jump over the pack, do something. You know what I mean? I I it just I don't know, man. It, it was it was frustrating. Um, from the video, it looked like he got it, but I mean, it was too close. Why put it in in the ref's hands? Because you know the refs are not going to give it to you. Not you know, just like with boxing, you either knock them out or you're going to lose. You know, and that's the same thing with Green Bay. You got to knock them out. Because the refs are not going to give you that benefit of a doubt. Yep. They'll give it to Rodgers. They'll give it to whoever else. But for whatever reason, Chicago doesn't get those calls. Yeah, did you notice that, uh, Tooch, just changing the subject here, is that Paul Clark is like an hour behind us. He's talking about Crestman. That was like an hour ago. Paul Clark, do you even know that Retro is now on with us? And, and, and not? I don't think he knows. You know, that's yeah. funny that Fast you said that. To live. <laughs> I was 20 minutes behind because when I heard that, and then I was trying to make that video, and I'm saying stuff, but then you said about, I guess, Paul Tucket, that he was behind, and I looked at my shit, and I was 20 minutes behind. I had to skip it to the live, and then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he he's not the only one. 
Oh, that's unbelievable. All right. I got to pull the plug on this because yeah. I got to pull my dick out. I got to work. Retro's got to work. You to sleep. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's just go real quickly around the horn here and uh, any last minute shout outs or uh, anything you want to share be- with people before we get out of here. Retro, I'll start with you. Um, the only shout out is to you guys for allowing me to come on here and, and speak my my mind. You know, um, I could be here all night and you guys will be. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, shit, I got to go to work. And then I'll be tired at work. So, but yeah, I mean, I thank you guys for letting me on. And, you know, um, I think in the future, um, Aldo and I talked about some stuff. Um, I may do some video clips where I ask questions and I may do a little try to be funny stuff. Um, kind of what I was trying to do before. I'll try to get that audio up, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, we'll see how that goes and it'll be more of a Q and a with almost like Fox football on Sundays where they would have the comedian come in. Not saying I'm comedian. I think I'm funny. My wife don't, but anyway, that being well, said, um, maybe something fun. like that. And, and you guys can uh, ridicule me before with the beta max. Yeah. I heard that, you know, there, there's a lot of people <laughs> in the me. chat who agree with your wife. Oh, sons of bitch. I bet my wife's got one of these fake names and she's up there. <laughs> she's Brianna. Like, go to bed. Yeah. Go to bed. That's I'm pretty sure she's not Paul Clark. <laughs> no. I hope not. <laughs> uh, uh, Tooch, uh, final words, please. Uh, I want to thank all the barflies as usual for all the support. And uh, come and check out the uh, weekend sports betting tips with either Anthony or Sean or uh, some guests I'll be having on in the future and get some uh, college and NFL tips, man. Uh, uh, I think Sean gave out a couple of winners last Saturday and uh, for our free play, he gave out Washington uh, Huskies minus three versus Michigan state. I tail that one. If you played that one, that one was a winner. Uh, He gave out his free play on, on the show last Saturday. So, uh, if you played a hundred bucks, you got a hundred bucks in your pocket. Nice. Uh, also, uh, want to thank Aldo for making all this possible. That was really fun tonight, man. Uh, I hope hope Dan goes back and watches my uh, A. Whitney Brown presentation during I the hope so too. Shit. <laughs> He missed the whole thing. I wrote that I entire thing for him. <laughs> Not only that, he missed another part portion of of what you had in store for him. I, I forgot what it was, but yeah, <laughs> both both times he, he failed. He had this once, and then he had the the radio emergency the other time. Yeah. Yeah, um, right. Mercy was going off all night there for it. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of I people. Ever, yeah, like three times tonight. That's a lot. I love Cliff Victoria's idea on the green screen behind you. You should play some of your porno movies. You know, yeah. you know that I, <laughs> I really want to have backgrounds back here, but like I said, there's too much audio video lag yeah. now between uh between the two. We'll so I haven't quite got that figured out yet, but we will fix that. Yeah. All right, uh, Cliff Victoria says, when you guys invite me, we'll have even more fun. Yeah, Cliff, you're on the list, right. list of guys to come on. Absolutely. Uh, and Cliff, by the way, is become a regular over at the Bears Country Podcast with his Cliff yeah. Notes section, which is really, oh, really cool. Right. Uh, so, guys, make sure you on Monday nights, 7 p.m. Central, you are watching Bears yeah. Country Podcast with Mr. Shorty and uh, Dan Aguirre last week. Dan Aguirre's been on the last two weeks, uh, so he might be on again. I'm not sure what his schedule is, but that would be awesome. And, of course, 
Uh, by the way, Rich Kid wants to know whatever happened to Draft Dr. Phil. Show us the tape. Anybody want to clue him in on what happened to Draft Dr. Phil? Okay, I will. <laughs> he had a terrible accident, and um, he's buried now. Where, where is he buried in New Jersey, Rachel? What was the, the name Vince Lombardi at um, rest stop? He's next to Hoffman. <laughs> he's he's uh, uh if, if you go over and stop at the Lombardi rest stop uh, on the uh, New Jersey tur Turnpike, uh, you might see the headstone for uh, draft active. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Love you. Love Draft Dr. Yeah. Phil. Um, and uh, thanks to everybody for popping in, watching us live. And, and by the way, uh, uh, Greg Gabriel and I have a show tomorrow morning. Not sure oh, yeah. what time we're going to start, but Greg has had to, t to attend to some personal business. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll tomorrow morning. I so. can't wait for that because he was a little upset with uh, the Twitterverse. You know, wrote yes, an article about it on uh, Windy City. Or, uh, what is it? Is it Windy City is where he writes for yeah, Windy City Gridiron, yes. Windy City Gridiron, yeah. All right. So uh, make sure you watch that. The best way to stay on top of everything we do here at the Barroom Network is to subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to our Facebook page, which is managed by Retro, and follow us on Twitter at Barroom Network. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate your attendance uh, for the live show and let people know that they can listen to it on demand or go over to Facebook uh, or Twitter and watch the show. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Good night.